0: Oh yeah, we up in here. We back and better than ever. It's you boys, the CBS Sports Boxeo Pod, with your man BC at the helm. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, bang that thing! Filling up the syringe and preparing for injection with another lethal dose of that performance-enhancing audio. You best believe we got one heck of a show for you again this week, breaking down all things Alexander Usyk. Mama finger, papa finger,
1: hey, so
0: good. Oh, yeah, you better believe it, following his dramatic and sensational stoppage victory over Tony Bellew on Saturday in Manchester. Oh, my God, I am so damn feel and what his future at heavyweight could look like after such a star-making performance. We will also be previewing the weekend action ahead by asking Rafe Bugs, do you care about this weekend's fights? Hey, WBA light heavyweight champion Dimitri Bival will also stop by to talk about his November 24th return on HBO against former champion Jean... Uh, uh, Pascal. Ah.
1: From the fifth round to the twelfth round,
2: I was in your ass, and you was ready to quit and you was blowing and pumping, Come on. and went to your corner like a rag doll, done, defeated, and knew that you lost that
1: fight. Yeah. That's against yeah. Okay, okay,
0: okay, Bernard. It's too soon, bro. Let, let Wash Pascal have one more moment in the sun before piling on, and if you don't think Rafe and I are not prepared to go ham on the damn rooster with first hand accounts from Rafe who was at ringside. box operator Dick Canobio who damn near busted up his thumbs trying to keep up. You're crazy folks. You're downright crazy. This is a show that keeps you feel. So if you're listening to any other shows, please leave them the hell alone.
1: Leave me the hell alone tonight. Please leave her alone. <laughs>
0: All right, all right, folks. I'm so fired up. I feel like I'm going to just accidentally, like, you know. This
1: guy is trying to shoot some bombs. Yes,
0: yes, yes, Jay I am. We got to keep this in check. I'm just fired the heck up. The business is out of the way. One final reminder. Look, do your part in the audio revolution, all right? Five-star review. Head out there. Give us a little sentence. Stop being an a-hole, all right? Let me bring in my best pal in all of Box, the one, the only, the guy that we cruise together Look, he's got a red beard, he's a Canelo hater, but we love him. His name is Big Red.
1: Big, 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 big. And Red! Big Red! Big Red! Big Red!
0: Yeah, Big Red, Rafe Bartholomew, the author of so many books. How the hell are you this morning? Brian, I'm good, but I want to know how
3: you are because you you gave us the call. You gave us the call. It's an it happened moment. The Alexander Usyk double kebab. That At that good. knockout, you were you you weren't there, but you were in a room watching it live and calling <laughs> it for us fans of DAZN. How
0: was it, bro? Oh, it was all right. Let me just say it was awesome. I am so damn feel. Yes, we were. Not, so a lot of people were tweeting. El, I hate this Dazone commentary team. They don't even sound like they're in the arena, bro. We were not in the arena. All right, so get woke on that, okay? But number two, I was dripping sweat after the call, like when they threw to Bellu and Usyk in the ring. I stood up and I was like, "Oh my god! Like I, I got, I, I might need a shower." Like it was that intense, that amazing. Wow, to be a part of a moment like that, man, I was feel. And shout out to all of our our great listeners for uh for jumping on board, getting in on the, you know, the whole double kebab.
2: Maybe two kebab. <laughs> I prefer a double kebab, but if it's not possible to get a double one,
0: I'll eat two. And I ate two. I ate. I ate a lot of. I was putting a lot of stuff in my mouth, Rafe. I was so. Damn excited about that fight! About everything to do with that. I there was even a load watch moment. Did you see that dude on Twitter who added you? That's right. We
3: are. We are. We are this is the. This is the. 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 The dog. The snake eating its own tail. Now, folks, because people are adding me on Twitter, given to to notify me about load watch moments that have been created by Brian Campbell's calls on his own shows. I, I had no I'm like, idea. you know, that's BC, right? <laughs> So he shot his load. Oh, make him shoot his low let him
0: shoot low I mean wow wow fired the heck up Rafe we're gonna have a lot to get into on Usyk, his future at heavy oh man it's heavy we got a lot to talk about here but dude I'm sorry we saw something last Thursday night that's like I don't even know how to describe it. That's why I wanted to bring in the experts. You're one of them. You were there in your backyard of Indio, California, when Nico Macias, We know his background. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you. Yeah, well, he was ready to bang it out with JSK. Washed Jesus Soto Carras in his career finale. Supposedly, uh, what, bro? Take take us from here. What the hell was that?
3: I was there, Brian, and I don't really know what the hell that was either. It was a spectacle. You know, it's one of these things. It was so different from these classic war-type fights where – there's momentum swings, there's big shots being landed back and forth. This was some kind of bizarre test of wills where every round begins with Nico Massias, the Rooster getting shot out of a cannon, sprinting across the <laughs> ring and planting his face on another man's chest and then just doing little baby little baby punches for 3 minutes while the other guy tries to figure out some way to to get 2 inches of space. I'm just spitting all over the place. I'm foaming at the mouth, like getting rabid over the rooster here. Uh, and, and just create an inch of space to land a shot on him. It was, it was amazing. I don't even know if it was boxing. It, it's well, just this thing.
0: crazy spectacle. You're like, what are we watching here? Is this the right comparison? It was like Nico was our new girlfriend who's just wild and bizarre, but she a freak. And we were like, Oh my God, this is going to be fun. And then you kind of find out she's a little too freaky, like like there's some R. Kelly going on, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I I don't want, I didn't sign up for that, I don't want this anymore, there was some of that while I was watching this fight, like, yes, Nico Mastias, the American folk hero, but bro, what are you doing, what is this, stop the madness, so we thought coming in, even the husk of JSK might be too wily for him, in the end, It was a majority decision win for Jesus Soto Carras. And you know what? He did land the more telling shots. And it was a weird fight because the first three rounds, I actually watched it this morning because I was busy last week and covering other stuff. But the first three rounds, I'm just like bombs going off inside me. Like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Like, there's just, you know, the ghost of Emmanuel Stewart is just all inside my loins. (laughs) And then it got to, like, (laughs) does he have a plan, like, not B, but plan A and a half? Is there anything? And JSK was landing the kind of, there was any power shots that actually landed that weren't pitter-patters. It was Jesus Soda carras And I got to call out Al Macias, the dad of the rooster (laughs) in the corner, who not only got on his son after round two to try to find a second wind, but, like, how can you responsibly send your child? out into the ring, out into the damn world like that with that style and give him no other form of like, hey, dude, you know, you might want to mix it up now. You might be losing. Let's maybe go to a jab. No, no. Let's square up and walk into traffic. This is different than when Ruslan Provodnikov did that because he's just a savage. The difference is Macius is like the your, the kid brother next door trying this. Like what? You got any beef with Al Macius, bro? Like, come on. you can, This is professional boxing. What's happening here? Well look, it had worked up until this point. I guess
3: he fought amateur career, uh, some kind of amateur career down here in Southern California like that. And that's what's sort of amazing about this kid, Nico Macias the Rooster. He's like, he, he's not doing boxing. By any of the rules we understand apply to boxing, but he has so much energy and this otherworldly stamina. I mean, you think of boxers, they're already kind of at the highest level of conditioning you find in, in in professional athletes, they put themselves through hell. They really, they have these motors that don't stop. And then you get this guy, Nico, who is just a whole nother level. It's like he has 10 more gears there and he doesn't stop. And it's amazing that he can box so poorly, but still be <laughs> sort of competitive doing what he does. It's just this bizarre thing. You don't even know what to make of it is. I, I, I was wondering, I wasn't mad at, at. Papa Macias, big the big rooster, the big I'm not going to say it, uh the big fighting cock.
0: Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> how dare you? I mean just you I'm
3: know. I am uh, I'm not, I wasn't mad at him so much for not preparing his son for this moment. I don't know I don't know what kind of boxing schooling he has
0: or whatever. Schooling. I think he was Thrown into oncoming traffic. It was like, go play in the street, son. That's how Ibuki became a boxer. Like he wasn't but, chasing cocks. Like this ain't uh, Yusuf Mac. He was just thrown at things. You know? No, absolutely, absolutely. So, so
3: what I'm saying is, I, I wasn't mad at, at Almasias for the way he he's trained the rooster over the years. It did leave me wondering, and maybe this is a total pipe dream, and people will laugh at me for for even suggesting it. But he, Nico, clearly has some. Abilities that are special, right? And not. not name some, <laughs> please. Name some. Where, where are you going with this? What do you mean? Pain Energy. Tolerance? Stamina. Motor. Being. Willpower. He has a lot of those in, intangibles that make great fighters. He just doesn't have one
0: single skill. No so no, like, flash, f- no flash. No, no- <laughs> Waste of money. Like, I feel like I'm turning on him right here. Like, like, he is who we thought he was and somehow it's not good enough for me. Like, he's too much of what he thought, what we thought he was. Like, he did a Peter McNeely Jr. and just ran full speed every round and they fought inside not even a phone booth. They fought in that back corner of the phone booth. They never got out of JSK's corner, bro. They were there for like the entire fight. Bro, JSK had rope Burn marks on his back after like round one. I was staring one. at them for for like an hour, man. I know All it right. was
3: sick stuff. But no, what I was going to ask you, and, and you tell me how insane this is. What it do you think if Nico Macias hooked up with a more experienced trainer, they would be able to get something out of this kid because of he's he's got to be strong as a bull for the weight to just run at a guy and pin pin experienced boxers against the ropes give them no space no quarter while he's not even really hurting them while he's just putting his body all over them uh he has i mean i guess for a, a guy who has a ton of energy a ton of stamina if you could teach him just a little bit how to box is there something there no
0: No, this is a freak (laughs) show, bro. This is like, come come see the world's largest horse, or come see the woman with like, ball hair. Like this is the, this is an absolute carnival, and I thought (laughs) I wanted it. I don't know if I want it anymore. What is this?
3: Let me ask you another question then, Brian. Do you think that maybe fighting this style, the rooster gives Kind of some higher level, some non-wash JSK guys, more trouble. Maybe the maybe the mistake was putting the rooster in with another guy who has the heart to go through a war. This was bad matchmaking. Like if you put the rooster in with somebody, even though he's a much higher level fighter, like Tony Harrison, what would happen with that?
1: No, 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 we no. You never
3: no, know. No, 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 Tony no. Tony no, Harrison.
0: No, no. I don't think he wants to deal with. Hey, hey, hey. no, 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 no. Tony Harrison he doesn't can punch. Want a rooster getting up in that ass. Dude, that rooster long. needs to go on the Golden Boy circuit of fighting in this order: Alfonso Gomez, uh, uh who else we got here? Mauricio Herrera. Um, like, come on, just you know, extra sloppy. But oh my, all right, I got to pause right here because there's one other guy we know that we're friends with who was very close to this operation as well. All right. I got to bring in a bro in the boxing industry. The great Dan Canobio of Canobio and Sons business in boxing known as CompUbox. The guys who put the fingers on the, on the buttons, the guys who touch you right in that hole. These are the guys. Dan Canobio. I don't have the numbers in front of me. First of all, thanks for joining us. You got a great boxing podcast yourself, by the way, called Inside Boxing Live, correct? Or is it called McShirley's My Father and Me? What is it called?
1: <laughs> it's
2: called Inside Boxing Live, yes. All right. you a, got a, a great, great pod podcast. yourself. I'm very happy to be on this podcast
1: right now. I, am I feel, appreciate
0: it. I've been waiting for this call my whole life. I am feel to have you on here, brother. Okay? But we got to get right to the gross dirt of this. This didn't, like, set new CompuBox records. This Nico Macias, Jesus, Soto Carras, like, sloppy Super Bowl. This, I think, broke the re- – like, like, shattered the record so far, like, Barry Bonds with needles hanging out of his ass, hitting 73 home runs, that type of far, where, like, it had to break your machine, probably your thumb bones, maybe your will. Maybe this is the first time a CompuBox fighter <laughs> tapped out. Like, no, no, I, I, like, basically, this was you after the fight.
2: I'm young, but I don't no. think I deserve to be, you know,
0: getting beat up like this. No, you don't deserve, your thumbs do not deserve, bro, talk us through this. What the hell happened? Well, first of all, I sent you a text earlier
2: in the day and I said it is an honor to be on this fight tonight uh, on the CompuBox ones and twos for Nico Macias and, and Soto Carras. I kind of knew it was going to be a war. I mean, going back to Macias' first fight when he landed, uh, two, he threw 219 punches, which is a CompuBox record, uh, in one round. So I kind of knew coming in that he was going to let it fly. And then he was matched up with, with, uh, Jesus Soto Carras, who, throws a lot of punches in his own right. He, th- he came in averaging 90 punches around. He actually out-threw uh, Macias in this fight, which no one saw coming. And you say that, yes, it broke some records. It did not just break records. It rewrote the CompuBox record books. And let's keep in mind that the CompuBox record books go back to 1985. I mean, Soda Karras threw 1,848 punches, Good which Lord. is a new record for any weight class, and he did it in 10 rounds, guys. 10 rounds, and he's 37 years old. I mean, that number one jumps out to me like insane. Uh, Soto Karas out-threw Macias. Like I just said, he came in through a 90 around. round. They combined for 3,353 punches, which is a record. Uh, the record was 3,020. Uh, wow. Only two fights in the history of CompuBox <laughs> have cracked 3,000 combined punches. So it's it's that one, Ray Oliveira and Zach Padilla. I was going to say Sucre Ray. And uh,
0: Soto Ray used to light up the CompuBox board. And this is like, he's like the equivalent of like Nikolai Valuev compared to these guys.
2: But Ray Oliveira, yes, you're right. And he would always like, we would see him ringside, or my dad would see him ringside, and he was very proud that he had the record. And know, I think even before that fight, he told my father and uh, his partner at the time that I'm gonna break the record tonight, and he went out there and he did. So I would like to hear from Ray and see what he thinks about that. But they combined it to land uh, 1,119 punches, which is also a record. How about this, guys? This is a, the, my favorite stat of this whole entire fight. Each fighter only landed one jab in the entire fight. Oh,
1: God! <laughs>
0: I was gonna ask you whether Nico actually threw a power punch what do you count those things as when he just touches you over and over with the glass? it's like it's like Freddie Roach once said this is how you play with the damn bag
1: yeah right I mean
0: you're right yeah fun was, with the bag you warned, just touch like, the bag your
2: guy hurt each other
0: I'm talking over
2: drops I'm, I'm just I'm so it's messy right now, it's but...
0: sloppy it's perfect go ahead but the
2: thing is, like, yes, it, you know, people are comparing it to Gotti Ward. It wasn't exactly that. No, no, no. No, they're not. Right. Don't, don't compare it to Gotti Ward. No. No. People are, but it's not because they neither guy hurt each other. There wasn't any, like, crazy, like, ebb and flow. There was no really momentum swings. It was just, like, every round felt like a carbon copy of the one before like they went into a different corner they like assumed the position of of being head to head and they just kind of like rock and sock them to each other where for for three minutes at a time and where i was just like looking down at the key at my computer and going geez they're like throwing insane amount of punches but you know it was a little blood, which was nice, but that was from a headbutt. It wasn't from, like, one of these crazy uh, these power punches.
3: Dan, I wanted to ask, what, what does it feel like to be in the – behind the CompuBox controls trying to keep up with that? Or Are you <laughs> doing both fighters? Does that mean you have, like, one hand no. recording Macias punches and the other hand JSK punches? And then, like – He's doing jabs uh, like, with the dog, When does Ray. the carpal tunnel set in? Like, what are you worried you're <laughs> falling behind? What's going on back there? Well – well, for those of you who don't
2: know, CompuBox, there's two operators. So I have one fighter. I had uh, Soto Karas and my brother Nick Kenobio. He had Messiah. So each guy has one person. So you're you're laser focused on, on one guy. So if I had to count both guys, I mean, I need a raise. I'd have to start counting with my feet and stuff. It'd be insane. So there's just, there's two of us. And this actually is more exciting than like, we kind of like, you know, suffered through some boring fights, you know, where they throw like the averages, where they throw around 40 to 50 punches around. When it's like this, I mean, the rounds go by so quick, and you're on your toes, and you're you're just, like, in the moment. And I did look down on my my screen at a few moments, and I was like, this can't be real. Like, I kind (laughs) of knew what it was going in, but it just, like, blew the expectations out of the water. All
0: right, how do you you prepare when you know that it it could not only break the record, it could shatter it? Like, is there monster energy drinks? Is there maybe a little white lightning? I don't know what goes on in Long Island. I'm not judging you, but, like, how do you get get your fingers ready? I don't know, do you play with the bag a little? What do you do? I play with the bag. I have a few
2: stretching uh, techniques that I cannot share with you today. They're only for CompuBox employees. There's only a select few of us in this world. But uh, the fact that this fight was a late start, too. I think it was 11 p.m. start on the East Coast, and there was three fights. So by the time this fight started, it was like well past midnight. I had my third cup of coffee, which I don't usually go for, but nice. I knew what was in store for me for, the, for this evening.
3: Wow. Absolutely Dan, I wanted to ask you, uh, is this going to become sort of like the fight you guys use to haze new CompuBox or potential CompuBox employees? <laughs> you bring them in, right. they say, I love the game, I love the sport, I wanna be a part of it, teach me your ways and you say, Okay, kids, sit down and try and keep up keep up with these guys. Well, we do have a DVD, like going
2: back just kind of, we kind of have to upgrade to, uh, to a different type of software. But back when we started training people, when my dad started training people, we had this DVD that had all different sorts of fighters on it. It had guys that throw like a rangefinder jab. There was guys that fight in the clinch. There were guys that throw a ton of punches, like the smaller guys. But you know, maybe we'll like let you graduate slowly. We'll start you off with a Bernard Hopkins fight or a fight where it's real, real dirty. Then all of a sudden we'll switch it up on you. Just go to like the first round. Of Messias and uh and Soto Carrasco in the first round. By the way, Messias landed 84 punches, which is now a new record for punches landed for a 154-pound fighter. So he just got that out of the way early. Like I'm gonna break a record real quick, and then I'm gonna go on to break like ten more.
3: And then one of my favorite subplots of this fight, one of the weirdest things, especially being there live in the audience, was Kendrick Lamar, the rapper, <laughs> showing exactly. up showing up to support. Uh, Aaron McKenna, who was the swing, mat, swing bout and didn't end up making the, the, the broadcast on ESPN. And he ends up watching this insane fight between Nico Macias and JSK. What, what, what do you think may have been going through Kendrick's mind as he watched this fight unfold? Well, I don't know his level of what type of fan he is. I hope he
2: doesn't think this happens every single time you go to a fight because he might be uh, a little mistaken or be a little let down. But that just adds to the lore of this fight. Like, he hooded up. uh, He was just chilling there. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, it just adds to the lore. He got his his selfie with uh, Oscar De La Hoya. And I would just love to hear what Kendrick Lamar thinks of of a fight like that because that's literally, like, history. we will probably never see a fight like that ever again.
0: Bro, and back in the day in prime Nintendo, sometimes we would go on these runs of Tetris to like 3 in the morning and the thumb would have like in like yeah. an indented imprint, right? I'd play tech Bowl tournaments right. back in the late 80s for hours on end. What do your thumbs look like after this fight? Is there blood? Is there do you, is there pastor or players? I mean does, do you need Kodo's iPad to really get a closer look. What the hell do your hands look like, bro?
3: The thumbs are like
0: flattened. They're flattened. They're like you know, like I, I equivalent to playing like Madden all night, you know,
2: or Tetris, where you just jam it down the X button. But I used to, I used my pointer finger and my in my middle finger if I want to be really technical. And it was just you know there was smoke coming from the keypads. I mean, I
0: probably have to replace wow. the computer. I asked for a raise. I mean, a lot of things happened after this fight. Well, anything from this fight, meaning. The 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 secretion of DNA from your hands, anything end up in Canastota, and as we know from the great Vladimir uh, Klitschko, of course, you know he, we just want to welcome in everybody from Canastota. Hey guys, <laughs> really proud, my brother. Hey guys, being
1: inducted
0: here in welcome to Canastota. Will one anything of best, from Nico? the best videos of all time. Will that <laughs> end up in Canastota? Will you end up in Canastota after this night? Well, I'm just happy. Listen, I'm the son of Bob Conumbia, who created CompuBox, and I've heard
2: so many of his stories. And, you know, people come up to me and tell me, you know, CompuBox, all the great things he's, that were done in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. This is like my thing now. Like, I can say that I was on the keys for Nico yes. Macias and Soto Carras. I mean, the computer, our original computer, is in Canestota. If you head up there, I went there last year with my dad, made a pilgrimage upstate to see the computer. I don't know what we'll do. Maybe I'll donate my, my, my keypad. Maybe I'll donate the the uh, the skin that came off my finger that night, but something needs to be yes. in Canastota to to mark this fight.
3: Dan, I want to ask. Now we don't know exactly what's going to be next for Nico Masias. Of course, he lost the, the, the decision, so something is going to be a little bit different for him. But if, if he fights on, and he probably will, he's young, and well, how are you going to prepare differently for his next fights? Is there anything <laughs> like? Are you taking lessons? forward from this are you bringing a cut man for his next fight to take care of your <laughs> cut hands me. cut me i got
2: i got i'm developing a blister gotta cut me but uh, you know he's the type of fighters that you look forward to like i said earlier like there's a lot of fights that aren't as exciting and as we do CompuBox, we do like over maybe 140 shows a year so there are plenty of nights where you know the fights aren't as exciting because you know you never know what's gonna happen when you put two guys in the ring but when i see nico macias is on the on the uh, on the bout sheet. And I know that his fight's coming up. I get excited because it's it's, on, it's never before. You know, Box gets a lot of play, and uh, it's a great thing. So I'm looking forward to him. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's in his mid-20s. Yeah, he lost. But, like, I think the, the winner and loser of this fight was secondary to what happened in the ring.
0: Uh, Dan, in closing here, um, I want to give you a chance to defend your art form because when I imagine you doing this fight, did you ever play that arcade game in the late 80s, WWF Wrestling Challenge? It was at, like, for yeah. me, it was at Roller Magic in Waterbury, Connecticut, and I would go to those birthday parties, right, and I couldn't skate. You try to skate with a girl, I'd always fall over. Kids are smoking cigarettes in the mm. bathroom. I had to get to mm. that machine because I had to use Ultimate Warrior, and all they had was an action button. There was a joystick and an action button. You couldn't, like, choose the move. You just jammed your fist on that action button over and over and over again. Is there real panache to what you're doing? Are you really going, oh, that's let me use my pinky to hit the power jab button. Let me use my ring finger to hit the uh, right cross. Let me use my dong maybe for a body punch. Or are you just hitting that action button and just putting up, you know, and we're all like buying it. Come on. You can't keep up with that. Tell me the truth. No, you can't keep up with it, Brian. Like, I'm not going to sit you're expecting me to tell you
2: that it's all BS. No, we, we are trained. We are highly trained uh, professionals in the punch counting craft. I mean, it takes a long time. As I said, I'm the son of Bob Kenobi who created it. But it took me like three years of training before he ever let me do uh, a, a fight. So there's a lot of training that goes into it. Yes, we're, we're making jokes here, but, you know, we've been in business for, for 33 years. Yes. I mean, there's a lot that goes behind it. And, uh, I mean, it's, we're highly trained people. I've been training one kid for almost two years now. and You know, he's, he's getting there, but it takes a really long time. And uh, there's about eight of us in the whole world are, that do it. And uh, I trust every last one of them. Oh, there is no action button though. Sorry to uh, let you down. It's
3: probably Brian. Brian, you just heard it. That was the Liam Neeson taken speech for Compubox. I was like, going say it's I like... have a
0: specific set of skills, Brian, and I know how to no, use them. No, it sounded very Tim Lane to me. But I still got him in a cage. He listens to me very well. I'm going to let him loose. Him. <laughs> Whoever that young operator is, of... you're going to let him loose. You know out Tim Jerry Tim Lane.
2: Stuff? Was a was a former trainee of Compubox.
0: Wow! How about the connections right there? And I'm a lot glad of, of, lot going you know, on on the island out there. And I'm glad you defended the good e- name of CopyBox because sometimes we hear fighters after they lose, you know, come up. These CopyBox are like you no, know, or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. only after they lose though, not after they win. Yeah. Only after they
2: lose, uh, they like to blame us, like we had anything to do with it. But if they win or if they want a rematch.
0: I get with a fight. They bring out the stats on giant, you know, oak oak forms, and, you know, they make it, make, you know. Yeah, F them, by the way. Just like Frank Warren once said, you're a top operator. We love you, Dan. You're a, you're, you're a quality mm. operator, a quality bloke, a quality fighter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow Dan. Where can they follow you on anything socially?
2: You can follow me at Dan Canobio on Twitter. You can follow uh, the podcast, Inside Boxing Live. We're recording one tomorrow with Robert Diaz of uh, Golden Boy. Nice. King. He's the matchmaker. For that fight you saw last week, he's also, of course, a matchmaker for uh, Canelo Alvarez. See what he's got in the store. That's some really exciting things coming down the pipeline, box wise uh, So I'm excited, man. This okay. is a great time it's, to be a boxing fan. It's it is. Just, it's awesome. I love your podcast, by the way. Also, I have to congratulate you, Brian Campbell, on that Usyk Baloo call. Oh, Kissing yes.
0: Thank you. I Taking really.
2: People, so I'm just glad that the masses are now getting familiar with some of the catchphrases <laughs> that are in Brian Campbell's lexicon. I
0: well, just
2: saw I saw the tweet on ESPN. I'm just uh, I would like to have seen them credit you, but you know, slowly but surely.
0: One day I'll get my I'll get my. Moment. It's, a,
3: it's it's Anne Wolf's line anyway, so it Brian really Wolf. doesn't deserve too yeah, much. Yeah, I mean she she is. Well, I wouldn't even challenge her either. Oof, man. <laughs> And
2: we'll...
0: He took his nuts, now got to take, yeah, take, take his home. all take his All right, well, Dan, you, give my love to all the Kenobios. You know, like Errol Spence said, I mean, you know. We good friends. I love your daddy. I love your daddy. So tell Big Bob I said what's up. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again, sir.
2: All right, guys, take care. Thanks, Dan.
0: Yes, love that. Special, special, uh, thanks and love out to Dan Canobio. Big fan of what he does. Friend of the program, Rafe. You got any closing remarks on this Nico Macias thing? Because I'm kind of teetering on the fence of where I'm going moving forward with the double rat tail.
3: Yeah, Brian, let me, let me put on my Larry Merchant hat and put it all into perspective for you. Nico Macias, I love you. Uh, no, uh, it was the thing, (laughs) the special thing about this fight, was afterwards walking out of the arena, everyone literally everyone just had this great buzz this great not like a drunk buzz there was a lot of that going on but just this everyone was was hype about what they just saw even if they couldn't quite describe it they were pretty sure it wasn't boxing or whatever it was but it was just people were out there being like man did you see that that was crazy what the, i couldn't believe it like people there were old women from the roosters home hometown crowd who showed up in full force like 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 women in their 60s and 70s who I saw earlier in the casino were drunk since about 4 p.m. And they're they're going – walking around the halls just going, like, wiling out. People just had this energy. And, and yeah, it was a weird, ugly spectacle in a lot of ways. But – He brought that. He brings that out of people. You get excited. You just can't believe what you're seeing. And there's something cool about that. Even one of the undercard fighters, I walked by on the way out of the arena, and he's telling his crew. He's like, "Man, he's the craziest person I've ever seen." Like, he just. Masius has like a. He has an. He has a. He has it. I don't know exactly what it is. It's pretty sloppy, but he has a very, very. Interesting version of sloppy it. Uh,
4: the question now is how many beers
3: will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight? In celebration.
0: I Absolutely. Wow. All right. Maybe I'll give him another chance. It's got to be fu- creative, fun matchmaking. I mean, that was creative, fun matchmaking. It was just I gotta see. I gotta maybe see a, an entrepreneurship. I don't know. We'll 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 get on it anyway. We got a much bigger fight to talk about. Rafe.
1: Wow.
0: I mean, maybe we should just start it off like this. <laughs> Hey, Ralph It's time to talk a box with ya Oh, talk a little cruiser's bra They're not quite heavy you know that they can box up, here, yeah, they can brawl, yeah And even though Richard Schaeffer couldn't get a TV deal U6 still became a star Because he got into Zone and earned with Hearn yeah, 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 Then he knocked out Tony Bell, you with your boy on the call Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: U6 the, the
1: best of all time the Usyk Usyk
0: was, was made, made the, the fight.
3: I love it when we're cruising
1: together. I, I love
0: it when to we're cruising nights to bombs. Wow, Rafe, we teased on it earlier. The man, the cruiserweight king. What made this even more impressive than it already is was that Tony Bellew came to win the damn fight. How? Friggin' how impressed are you with your guy? I'm not trying to steal the moment just because I was on the damn call. How impressed are you with your guy Usyk? It it was in,
3: it was a really really interesting, fun fight and a really just fascinating performance I thought from Usyk. I was trying to think afterwards if I could think of another fighter who is so comfortable. Sort of giving away the first two or three rounds, not really, really taking his time in these fights, especially in the UK where you know you are not getting any favors on the scorecards, and he was not. He was Usyk was behind. I, I now I thought your scorecard was pretty good. Uh, I, I wasn't scoring myself, but it did seem like. Like about a 4-3 Usyk fight going into that final 8th round with the, with, but, but a fight that had started turning in Usyk's favor probably in the 4th and 5th round. So
0: what the heck you was up the with the Brits, though? Moving, you, what? At least some people got the score right. No, you didn't get it right. None of those, Paulie on the Brit broadcast, none of those guys got it right. They had, they had Bellu up like, well
3: that that was that was the Cobra Carl Frotch's scorecard, which I we taught we we could all look back on Ward Frotch 1, which was an amazing not really an amazing fight, but a good super six finale. Now they have a new rivalry going. Who can be the worst TV scorer? If you <laughs> remember Andre Ward's scar- scorecard for uh, Terrence Crawford and Jose Benavidez Jr., which made absolutely no sense. Well, this one through five. Carl Frotch had three rounds to Bellew, zero rounds to Usyk, and two even. So I think that basically means if Usyk wins a round, the Cobra is calling it even, it's a 10-10 round. Uh, it, it was, it was a weird, weird scorecard on the, uh, the Sky Sports Network for sure. And
0: kinda weird from the judges too, let's be really honest, who had what, uh, Bellu ahead on one scorecard by one round and like by three rounds on two scorecards I mean what the what does that add up to like I, that was a little bit too much just like it was too much for the people that had Usyk up basically six round to one I mean it was like people were kind of all over the place on this you gotta give Bellu respect he stood in there he actually showed you some craft and some boxing and some panache he slowed he basically disarmed Usyk for a bit and was able to turn it into a chess match and land one hard counter shot at a time and keep Usyk's jab down and Box why coming in. Usyk, was, he he attempted 41 per round, which is the most in boxing by far, and lands more than 20 more than the cruiserweight average. So the fact that he lowered that output was really key. I didn't think he could keep it up, but I don't know about the judges having uh, Bell you up like, a lot there. That was kind of like, come on, bro.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't that surprising in that Usyk, his output was down in the first few rounds. He was feeling it out. He wasn't rushing anything. He He was... Waiting for maybe Bellew to, uh, to shoot his L a little bit, or it, it wasn't a shoot in your load situation. It wasn't a load watch, really. It was a, it was a breakdown by movement, by pressure, by constantly keeping Tony Bellew working and thinking and, and, and responding to all of the movements Usyk was showing him, even if he wasn't putting the hurt on him right there in the beginning of the fight. And I thought that, and, and so in those early rounds, when, Bellew is landing some really surprisingly clean and and flashy counter shots fighting off the back foot making the boxer be more of the stalker which we know is often a an uncomfortable role for the 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 slicker fighter who who we thought Usyk to be going in that it was all really clever really smart work by Bellew, and and he and he also and he he executed it for the first couple first two rounds for sure Third round, he was still getting it done. And then, then it started to, you know, it started to catch up with him. The brilliance, the, 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 the gap in, in, in class and talent and also conditioning. I think it's not just talent. There's either somehow Usyk can move better. And for longer than any guy we've seen at this weight, at least in this era, I mean, guys cannot, like, we've seen Usyk start slow against Michael Hunter here in the state, against Abisu Mchuno, against, um, in the, in the first, uh, in the, in, against Mairis Brietis earlier this year, when Brietis also seemed like he had an early lead and gave him some trouble early. And then you see in the middle rounds, these guys, they just, Die. I mean, it's like all of a sudden they are they 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 the altitude gets to them. like well, The footwork they just... is insane.
0: He's in your face when he needs to be and can duck out and get back in. the The key when he really started to break Bellu down was when he, as a southpaw, when he started to get outside of Bellu's lead mm-hmm. left shoulder, and then he's landing these sidearm left left hands that you saw that were like those have to be hard to pick up in the moment because he's sidestepping you and then slapping you in the face with them. And I think those were the shots that started to wear Bellu down, back him up into a corner. And then that eighth round, which certainly wasn't a one or two punch knockout, it was like two minutes of just breaking him down with clean shots. It was beautiful because Rafe, he's able to throw shots that would be wild from other people, but they're planned technical, like the not like the sweeping left hand to finish him it was mm. a freaking work of art. He was from so far back, and he threw it at such a low angle and came across and just turned the chin. I mean, it's. When you use words like wizardry, magician, it makes sense. He's the big division Lomachenko, bro. And I know you know what Teddy thinks about Lomachenko.
2: Lomachenko is the test man.
0: And he is. And and this guy, Usyk, is becoming an all-different kind of test man for these big weight classes. And we're going to talk in a second about him moving up to heavyweight. This was the perfect launching point test maker fight because you had a heavyweight. Who yes is a more natural cruiserweight, but come back down. He could punch. He could do some things. And dude, Usyk is so comfortable. Like you said, not afraid to give up rounds. We'll take the snapshot, and it's just so comfortable in the middle. I mean, this guy. You know what the key to this fight really was? Bellu breaks everybody mentally because he trash talks and he gets in your head. Usyk, although he, they, you could say the language barrier was part of it, but I think Usyk is so mentally tough, coming from that Ukrainian background, that that amazing national team. He just could not be lured into anything, Rafe. You saw that in the lead-in. And they actually asked him about it after the press conference on Thursday. And he said, and they were like, why, why no trash talk? Why has this not become a, a typical Bellew fight? Nusik said, because he knows I'm crazier than he is. That was a telling quote right there for our guy. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, wow. This guy has it, Rafe, because sometimes people just have the flash or they just have the toughness. He seems to have the, the whole package. And where in boxing are you going to get a package like that, Rafe? And by the way, Bellew, I think you should finish. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, I, it's it, Bell, you, he I think he tried to play his. He didn't do his normal trash talk. Also, because he was working a different angle, he was working this like, "There's only you know I, this is the this is the last hurrah, and this is I'm not nothing. I've got nothing to fear. I know I, I see something." He was doing sort of a, a Mystic Tony, a Mystic Anthony, Ma, Magic Mac type story there. And again, it was enough to sort of be. To put a seed, some seeds of doubt maybe in fans, even though we sort of knew how this should, how this should end and it eventually got there. But I don't think it affect, yeah, I, I'm with you. Usyk, he's, you know, one, he's earned that supreme confidence, right? And not only is it, does he show it in the way that, that you mentioned and not necessarily reacting to however, whatever narratives the, his opponents are throwing out there, but also because we see he's, he's willing to not push the envelope he's willing to go through a few slow rounds and 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 maybe even give those away on the cards because he knows his skill his motor his everything else is going to his all of his advantages are going to show later in the fight and he's going to dominate later in a fight even without great punching power we see him be defeating guys through you know in this case it was a clean knockout just beautiful that and he got it and and he he got it around Tony's uh, around Bellu's guard. I mean, Bellu was obviously hurt, and and I'm and and not as you know his reflexes were slowing down big time in the eighth round. But he got his got his glove up a little bit, and, and Usyk just got, got his you know oh, he threw the punch it around. Beautiful, and you saw. Eddie... I mean, he lands in with his head basically in in Eddie Hearns' lap, oh, and
0: you saw Eddie, Eddie... just jump yeah. out of his chair, and you know what's going on inside of him. This is not cool. This is not what the public and the market audience want to see. And, I mean, you saw the raw emotion. I mean, afterwards, dude, Bellew kissing Usyk and, and putting him over the way he did. You're, you know, you're, it's just, everything was beautiful about it. it. That scene in Manchester, I know we can't have that in the States for some reason, but Manchester was friggin' on fire. And you know where Manchester is. You know what country it's in. And it's
5: the birthplace of AJ.
0: It is. It is. It's the birthplace of AJ. But that place is so hot. They give you that type of, you know, uh, The atmosphere. in Bell. you had so many great quotes afterwards. Here's just one of them.
3: Heavyweight, stay away. Alexander Utschik is for real. He's even better than it says on the
2: box.
0: He is. He's even better than it says on the box. That's why suddenly you can say, this guy's going to heavy, and he's going to do some damage. And in the lead-up to this fight, did you hear that quote he said? I'm on my way to Anthony Joshua. I got three goals. Beat Joshua, undisputed heavyweight champion, and retire. Dude, like, oh my – this is – Rafe, heavyweight was already in a damn renaissance. We're so fired up for Woodley Fury. Woodley. Wilder Fury, December 1st. So fired up for AJ to maybe face the winner, right? AJ, Povetkin was great. And now to have Usyk in this mix, maybe beat up on some lower level Brits first before we get into that. Fired the heck up. I want to read you some Eddie Hearn quotes. Give me the temperature on these, okay? We love Eddie Hearn, but he's a promoter, right? So give me the temperature on here. Here's what he says. Usyk made it pretty clear that Joshua was not what he wants right now. He said, no, no. that's We need more time for that. He's not silly, you know. He knows. He may feel he's better technically than Joshua, but Joshua's a beast. And he knows he has a way to work to get there. When you ask me if I can make an interstable fight, of course. But it's got to work for everybody. You know what Usyk would want for that fight has to be agreeable with what Joshua wants. And everybody's got to marry together. If Joshua wants Usyk and he feels the deal is right and vice versa, it'll happen. But if they don't want to fight each other or they don't feel the deal is right, it won't happen. Huh. He goes on to say, but a lot of the time when you talk about promoters and stuff, it's not up to us. I can't say, hey, Joshua, you're fighting Usyk and that's the deal. Shut up. Do as you're told. You're fighting him. This isn't the UFC, you know. So it's not always that easy. Hey, bro, you promote both the guys. It is that easy. Make the damn fight. Not next, but, like, can we get on the road to get there? If this political thing is going to be a problem, if Wilder and Fury can't play with the zone, we don't know what will happen there. But if if Joshua's just going to build to Usyk, let's build it, right? Let's build that thing. Do you believe Eddie really wants it? Does Eddie want that Swiss Army Knife kryptonite to go up against AJ?
3: I think eventually, yes. It's such a big, I mean, remember Usyk won his gold medal in the Olympics in London. He, and they, I mean, and the same one as, as Anthony Joshua. They are, they, like, he, he, Usyk was regular heavyweight and, and AJ, AJ was Anthony super Josh. heavy. And, and they, uh, so, so they they have that background. You can sell it as Olymp, gold Olympian versus gold Olympian. Uh, it is, it's so, such a, tantalizing matchup it has that historical feel of a, a, a great from the lower weight cra- weight classes going up to challenge a heavyweight title holder i mean a, and they can draw on all the the ali versus you know uh bob foster kind of kind of kind of kind of history it's it's such a cool it, it's really a fight that that i think that they will want to sell eventually and I, I actually think it would be the, the the smart promoter play, which seems to be what they're angling towards, is a couple of fights for Usyk at heavyweight. You know, maybe the winner of Derek White, Derek Chisora, and Dillian White, because Dillian White, I like this. Dillian White is already talking smack about Usyk at heavyweight, saying he'd never be able to do this against against us, against me. He's like, and and I, it sounded like he's falling. White is would be falling right into Usyk's trap. He says. I would I would chase him around that ring and and maul him and you know what try that Dillian White see how that works out for you see how good you feel five rounds into that fight when you haven't done you you barely laid a glove on this guy and he's starting to to pepper you up with all kinds of shots it, it, that's I think that's the way that. Usyk succeeds at heavyweight against who, who, you know, the, the lower, the sort of mid-tier heavy contenders. And then eventually at the, the highest level is using that boxing ability, using that, uh, motor, that energy, that, that extra gear that, that cruiserweights didn't have. Heavyweights probably won't either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think you need time to get there. Let's build it up. Let's see. I mean, look, like, the one thing the Brit stable has are these fun trash talking guys that, You know, who are who are credible, who are credible and they're tough and look, they can punch. I mean, you know, Dillian White, Derek Chisora, they're going to have a rematch December 22nd on DAZN. That's going to be a fun fight. The winner that could could very possibly face Usyk. Hey, Usyk against damn David Price. Like there's some fun things you can do. But long run here, Rafe. They said Michael Spinks, Holyfield, Michael Moore, Chris Bird were all too small. Right. And then you go up and you got the skills to pay the bills. This guy Usyk might be, by the way, the greatest cruiseweight of all time, and he also might be more skilled in a lot of ways than a lot of those guys. What type of fears, given what you know about his chin and punching power, do you have, considering this is the super heavyweight era of Usyk facing Wilder? Fury. Joshua.
3: Well, of course, it's, it's, it's dangerous. He's giving up the, yeah, any kind – I mean he he's going from a guy who has a lot – he's giving up physical advantages that he usually has at cruiserweight, right, where he has – he he has good length in his in his arms and Lord knows where else. Um, he he no he and he there aren't too many cruiserweights who are taller than him. He's six three six four. Uh, so so moving up to heavyweight, yeah, he he's not going to have those advantages over guys. He's going to have to work harder to create those angles and and get close enough to land something and. And that'll, I mean, that's gonna be a very interesting puzzle to watch him try and solve while you get guys with incredible power like Wilder, Joshua, whoever it may be coming after him with some serious hellfire, some serious, serious, you know, heavy, heavy shots. And and you know, I'm not foolish enough to think that if he gets caught by one of these guys, he's not gonna be in trouble because pretty much anyone is. Now, I I think that he has a a, a reason to believe that he could outbox all of those guys. And I think that's what he does believe. You see the self belief that him and Lomachenko and that 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 really amazing talented class of former Ukrainian gold medalists have. They they not only believe that they are the superior technicians, fighters, athletes, all around boxers. They want to go and prove it. They have. They 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 burn for that legacy, and and they and they're not afraid to say it out loud. Not yes. in a braggadocious way, but they're just going to. They they will state. No, I want to go down as an all time great, and I want to fight these people who will give me that status. Oh
0: man, I love it. I love it. Usyk, so good, so hungry. I'm good. I'm very good. I feel. I'm
6: very
1: feel. I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> I mean, that guy. Is just, you know, what he likes to eat, he's really not that different in that regard. Like, we know he likes kebabs, but he's not that different from Triple G, right, when it comes to the things that that he likes to eat, that you like to eat. I mean, if they made a lower third for Rafe Bug's favorite food, it would probably be meat.
4: Big, big steak.
0: Okay. Can I
1: join you? Can I come okay. and eat with <laughs> okay, you? Yes. I like steak. Okay. <laughs> You said so, like steak,
6: blood is not blood. Not blood right? not not blood.
1: Blood. Not blood is good. Yes. <laughs> no. Blood. <laughs> no, no.
0: Oh, that's such a good. Shout out to Coogan Cassius of IFL TV. Uh, and by the way, hey, Usyk's English is getting better and he commented about it in the same interview. How's your English? Perfecto. <laughs>
1: perfecto. Perfecto. English is good, isn't it?
0: So, so. Fifty-fifty. 50 This guy is a friggin' amazing. Um, all right, he's T- a great character,
3: man. Did you see, you caught the you caught the video uh, before the fight? Uh, maybe the the day before the weigh-in, the the final presser. Tony Bellu has giving interviews to Sky, Sky TV, and all of a sudden, Usyk is peering over oh, like
0: yes. a, a divider, uh, looking at him. I mean, the, guy, that, the so guy's So to be, fun. He can be insanely intense when he needs to, and then he can be completely, like, hilarious at all times. So, um, I'm gonna get to Bellu in a second. To close on Usyk, I'm gonna put out new pound for pound rankings today for CBSSports.com. I really fought this over the weekend. I'm like, where am I gonna put him? You know? Here's what it is, dude. I got Vasily still number one. I got Usyk number two because look, when it comes to the debate between him and Bud Crawford, Usyk has faced better competition, and that's that's the bottom line. Skill to skill, if they were both in the same mythical weight class with the skills they have, would I favor Crawford? Oh, i would be really close. But Usyk has faced the better, more proven competition in his own division. I got him number two, pound for pound. Do you have a problem with that? Um, is my uh, is my tent pitch too high? What do you what do you got for me? You're you're the Usyk guy, so I, you know what do you got. I'm, I'm an Usyk guy. I,
3: I think there's nothing wrong with that. Again, you know, at the, at the very top of pound for pound list, we, we have, we're lucky to have three, at least three, maybe four guys, you know, if you want to throw Inoue or some other one, some other outstanding fighter that, that you are in love with into that mix as, you know, one, two, three. I don't, I don't really get mad at anyone for, To having them that you know how they how they organize their top four, um, so that makes sense for me. I don't know Crawford. I think I think Crawford is the best out of all of these guys. Now he does not have the resume yet, but I just think he is that guy. Well, if you eye test
0: him, I have no problem with that. If you say I test, he's number one. That's it. I got. You know, it's, it's a debate. It's fine.
3: And and Crawford, I know we we say he doesn't have the resume, but he did something that Usyk already has done. With and he didn't, and it wasn't that long ago, which was
0: unify an entire division against the and, damn and Dongo, bro, who had two of the belts. It's not This is not unbeaten Gassiev in his backyard. He beat Postol to backyard. get there.
3: Postol is a good fighter. Uh, now, I, are we that sold on these cruiserweights? I love cruiserweights, but we're not because what, it is, is the team? highest stand. I, Come on. I like, I love the division cause it's fun, cause it makes good fights often. Although my man, Mairis Bredis in, in Chicago might have, might be hurting our reputation here, but I like the division. I think, I, uh, uh, but I'm not going to argue it is that it fought at a higher level of talent, even than a weak 140 pound division. You gotta, it's, it's, it, it, it is different. Now, Usyk is the type of fighter who you look at and say, Oh man, he, he's, this guy is for real at any weight. So, so I think it's fair. But the resume side by side thing doesn't, I don't know. You beat Gassiev, who was, is, he looks very good, but he's young and experienced, had no, had no real amateur background, really wasn't, it's, you could, that may be, if Gassiev goes on to have a really strong career, that's going to be his, Canelo Floyd Mayweather fight. The night where he was just he just wasn't ready to be thrown in with a truly elite fighter uh who could box like that. Uh beating Briades, we'll see how that ages. Wow. Uh, Briades wow. has looked bad
0: since then. He's in some really ugly fights. Wow. Uh, it's like you create this narrative in this dream and I finally take a sip from the cup. It's the purple drink and I'm drunk and 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 I'm just I'm living the life and then you're like, "You know what, bro?" You gotta get sober. You gotta get Look, back there's
3: up. nothing wrong with, with calling him one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. He clearly is. But,
0: the I don't know. same is what you're saying. The it's same It's Bud Perto. Crawford,
3: man. We've been seeing him take, you, 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 you gave us the great call. He just took some, he just took his soul out here. Well, look how many souls has Bud Crawford taken in the last couple of years and they are not all bummed. I
0: just turned your guy, Usyk, immortal and this is basically a <laughs> response.
2: Name the he fought. And I'm like, come on, bro.
0: Come on, come on. Um, so, look, so, Bell, Look, you... look, Va- Vasily, I love your daddy, but let's get it let's on. Let's get it out. Uh, look, Bellew's a national hero in, in England, and I finally got it in the build of this fight. Like, to us, let's be honest, he was kind of that trash talking funny journeyman guy who Adonis sent to hell. I, I think a lot of us with this fight came around to realizing the true Rocky story there, realizing he's been 10 and 0 since that Adonis fight. One fight's, We didn't think he could. Yes, some of that run, you can criticize the matchmaking. But I love the guy at 35. If he goes away, guess what? He went out on a shield against maybe the best boxer in the world after giving him problems and being up on all three scorecards. What else can you say about this guy? He had a ton of great quotes afterwards. He just wants to disappear and be left alone and be a normal guy for the first one time in 20 years. He said, quote, Tony Bellew died tonight. Anthony Bellew comes back alive. I want reality back. I want a normal life, and I will find it. You gotta love this guy's heart and soul. He doesn't feel good, Rafe, unless he's punching someone in the face. Ten seconds or left. Will he be back? Should he be back? What do he got?
3: No. He, great, great way to go out. Very strong career and a great character. Great character. I, I, I don't. I got more than ten seconds for Tony. Belly oh, yeah And I don't. I don't care. I'm fired up. You know what? I I watched this fight and saw how good he looked and how he made he he made Usyk make adjustments. And, and of course, Usyk is great enough to make them. But he made Usyk. Figure some things out in that ring, and I I, I got to thinking, man, maybe Tony Bellew just should have been a cruiserweight all along. Maybe would he have had a much better career if he hadn't sort of sucked down to make 175 for for that run that ended with him losing his soul to Adonis Stevenson in in Canada. It was you know he looks in all of his fights at at 200 and above. He looked quick, slick, powerful. Smart. It seemed like he's just a better fighter there, and you—it's it's an interesting what if for his career. Now, I don't know how much money was at cruiserweight in those years. He's going to fight like Steve Cunningham 15 times and uh, and and Dennis Rubadub, uh, but still, uh, he could have gone down as maybe the king of that division for a while until the Usiks come along, rather than this guy who who rebuilt his career. Either way, he's hard for I I don't really get why some of the UK fans. Have problems with Tony Bell. He talks a lot, but he's one of my favorite oh, people to listen to. They love he him. spins out that crazy sort of earthy wisdom. It, oh, it's, it, it gets me every time. He's
0: intense, dude. All right. I got 10 seconds or less on this undercard to get almost like a mini do you care Oh, Rick- oh
3: what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking Brian, I, I I'm sorry. I got to do it. I wow. got to ask you. I, I got to throw one more thing at you. I got to throw a what it looked like at you because oh, wow. to commemorate the, 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 the probable end of Alexander Usyk's reign at at Cruiserweight. Alexander Usyk versus the James Tony who defeated Vasily Jirov at Cruiserweight with Emmanuel Stewart on the call. Do we get any moments? Oh my god! Oh no! Look at this! Oh,
0: Oh, that would be such an incredible fight because Tony's, even that washed version of Tony is never out of a fight because he can box, but no, Usyk six for three with speed in angles, and he's that much better. Usyk wins. I said it. Usyk wins. I'm drunk. I'm drunk on the Ukrainian. Usyk wins.
3: Well, I, I think you're right. It's also just that what was one of Tony's big problems later in his career, conditioning, right? Yeah, I mean, even, yeah, he on. didn't like to train. He only liked to spar, even at middleweight, even so at the UFC when he fought
0: Randy Couture. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to ask you then on the way out, uh instead of heavyweight, any chance Ward comes back? I know Ward right now is talking about a comeback. He's calling out Triple G and making fun of him. Ward doesn't want this, right? Ward doesn't because you. Because the, Ward's only coming back against a big guy if he has a speed and boxing advantage. I'm not sure he has either against Usyk. Yeah, it would be risky. I'd love to
3: see it. I would really love to see it. And I wouldn't, yo, I still wouldn't, wouldn't count Ward out. I don't know if I would favor him, but man, I would not count him out. And what, and if, for, for, if we're Usyk guys, if Ward, if he could get Ward and A a J on that resume and get W's, you're looking at some ATG serious status. I mean, you know, even even the hardcores, even the Cliff Rolls out there will be will be, you know, willing to take a sip of that that big drink as opposed to the
0: flyweight stuff. Yeah, bro. This ain't Birdo. This ain't the guys on the undercard.
1: And the plasterer for the local council. All right,
0: literally five seconds or less. Give me your thoughts. Rick Serco, come back with a knockout over Scott Cardell! Fun knock! I love the knockouts when the guys dance
3: and then just fall down like a heap of bricks.
0: Josh Kelly looks fantastic against another
3: plasterer. Looks excellent against plasterers. I love his weird Geordie Shore look. He is from that northern part of England. I don't think all of that flash is going to serve him whenever he steps up. But you saw the best stuff he did in those fights. Was that one 2 Right? That, that great. His good, He's good hands and some level. pop. He's like Stick Prime. That,
0: man. He's like when Paulie and Prime Litzau used to beat up on schlubs on FNF. Like when they finally moved up, they couldn't fight like that, but it's just like, I'm going to slap you and run around. Uh, Dave Allen, the white rhino for like his 19th fight of the calendar year looked awful against some fat Argentinian dude and turned into like, uh, Dada 5000 against, uh, Kimbo Slice, RIP. Like what do you got for me?
3: Well, I, I, I love this fight because it, it gave us, a true Brian Campbell load watch moment. I mean, you see, you said, I think Dave Allen may have shot his load.
0: Yeah, that is true. I did say it. I did think it. I did believe it there. Um, and Anthony Krola defeats, uh, Daoud Jordan to become the mandatory in the WBA for Vasily. Do you care?
3: <laughs> I liked Eddie Hearn's comment after the fight where he said something a lot. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, well, of course that fight's a disaster for Anthony, but, <laughs> We'll take it because the, he, he's earned a shot to make some money.
0: Yes, yes, he did. Um, we got to be quick here to recap the rest of the weekend. WBSS Cruiserweight quarterfinals from Chicago. Uh, Christoph Kolodzki defeats Maxim Vlasov in a rough, dirty, physical U- UD.
3: Yeah, this was ugly. The next fight you're going to mention it was uglier. I'm glad they are over. And Glowatsky-Briatis as a semifinal in the WBSS Cruiser, that's a nice little fight. And hopefully Glowatsky. Pushes Briatus to give us another good performance like he showed earlier this year against Usyk.
0: Alright, but Briatus gets the decision people didn't think he deserved against Noel Mikhailin of Russia, or Germany, sorry, of Germany, and both the, the law firm of Flores and Flores on the zone call, Rayflow and Raskin's boy BJ, both had it for Noel. Did, uh, did Myris get a, get a, get a job here?
3: I think he did get a job, but it was an ugly fight and I don't know. I, yeah, he got a job. It happens. He was the top seed. He got a job. What are you going to, you know, again, he, he showed us, I, I'd rather have him in the tournament. I, I mean, this is totally unfair to the guy who, who deserved the win on Saturday night, but I still would rather have the guy with with the better career and who's, you know, in, in the semifinals of this tournament to see how he does against the higher
0: level guys. All right, well, we have a... Uh, Sorry, Noel, go to hell. And, Rafe, I've got a surprise guest to help recap the next part of our uh, weekend in review. He's as washed as us, a friend of the program, the great Eric Raskin, contender historian, to come on and break down the contender finale Friday night from L.A. only on Epics, which of course is epic fail because I don't get that channel, but Raskin does. Eric Raskin, my friend, BJ Flores' best friend. Welcome into the <laughs> pod, bro. Jeez, you bro-hug a guy one time and get caught
4: on camera doing it and suddenly ah, you're his ah. best friend for life. Huh? Well, I am honored to be on the very same podcast network that just recently had heavyweight champion of the world, David Arquette. Yes,
0: on. check that show out there, uh, Raskin fans, Raskin fans alike. Uh Eric Raskin. We saw, you saw, I didn't see it. We saw a contender middleweight finale. Hey, there was a little bit of star power. Former Buccino participant Brandon the Cannon Adams against Paws, Pawsley Jr., Shane Mosley Jr., who gave us another entry into load watch during this season. Did Pause Pawsley shoot his load during the finale? What happened? What do you got for us?
4: Uh, I guess he must have shot it sometime prior to the finale because he really showed up with, with nothing. It was, um, I don't want to say a surprisingly one-sided fight. I think it was a somewhat pre- predictably one-sided fight because Brandon Adams was clearly the class of this group of fighters on the contender. And, uh, yeah, Paz Pazley didn't, didn't have much at all, uh, to compete with him in that finale. The, the finale was a little disappointing to be honest, but, uh, but the season as a whole, Was, uh, if you were a fan of the original contender, this obviously didn't stack up with season one, but if you're a fan of the original contender, this brought back a little of the nostalgia, a little bit of the feels from season one of the contender. I I thought they did a good job on the whole. Uh, Eric,
3: well, you know, you know, we like to play the what would it look like game here. So let's, let's do some classic contender versus contender Mm. champion. What would it look like? Sergio Mora versus uh, Brandon Adams. I forget already who won. (laughs) Oh, come on. How
4: dare you. (laughs) I believe on Ring Theory, we used to play Brian Adams songs whenever his name would come up. Uh, So you're not the only one who gets confused. Um, So obviously you're saying 2005 Sergio Mora versus uh, 2018 uh unless Brandon think, Adams Unless you think 2018 Sergio Mora beats him too, which think, is not out of a question. Be <laughs> I'm guessing he doesn't. Uh but prime against prime, I'll go I'll go with the Latin Snake. Um he he was a really good boxer in terms of just his skill, his slickness, his movement. Um Adams is good. You know, you saw him on Boxeo. You know what he can do. Uh he this show in all these years later, it's still uh similar to the first season in the sense that it's called the contender it's not producing like championship level guys it's it's showing you legit contenders and that's what Brandon Adams is and that's what even though he briefly held a belt that's what Sergio Mora was a contender for like a good solid decade or so Brandon Adams still a young guy i think he's 25 26 um yeah he's a guy who could be a legit contender for a while to come I like, but I i'll like take the... but i'll take Sergio in that fight
0: i like the spin off of what the contender does for these guys any of them Journey Litman guys middle level guys, but it gets us to know and care about them. I feel bad that I didn't watch this season because the contender sent me a beautiful robe with my name on the back that I wore on <laughs> Halloween that I love, but um I do want to catch up on this. You said it wasn't maybe as prime as the other seasons. We all love the first season. You did a great piece mm-hmm. for Grantland back in the day on it, right? Is that true? Yes, you, know that's you the right did. It? That, no, that's right. Just, yeah. All right. I didn't know if that was some other
4: website. or <laughs> there. Whatever. You're
0: damn right. All right, It was on,
4: the I think, the 10th anniversary of the premiere, if I remember correctly. I did some random number countdown of great moments or something. But yeah.
0: I almost liked that other season better, the one that culminated in Boston, the Jadon Codrington-Sakiobika season. You <laughs> know the one I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, and the other uh, ones never happened. There was some cruiserweight one that never happened, but that—the oh, one... fourth season with Tony Danza—you're saying it never <laughs> happened? <laughs> never happened. <Yeah>. But that <laughs> one with with Jaden Cadrotin and Bika's large wife—that was a good one. <laughs>
4: That was that was easily the best final fight. That's not even close. That was a war in the finals of that third season. But no, from start to finish for the season, I'm putting season one way above the others, in part because it's the only season that had Stallone. And Stallone was nonstop unintentional comedy on that show. So I'm going season one was the best, but seasons two and three were both solid. Tony Danza season never happened. Season five is good.
3: And I wanted to ask you also about the performances of some of the boxing figures who showed up in this season. Well, how do you how how do you rate how, the, the performances of of Freddie Roach and Andre Ward in this year? Were they were they fun? Were they just
4: the same old stuff we expect for them? So Ward, I, I think I might have tweeted something when I first saw the first couple of episodes at how impressed I was with him as a host. Uh, that he was uh, he he really delivered. Um, but it wore thin after a little while. He kind of had the one gear of uh, "I'm the serious, experienced guy hosting the show," and he did it really well. But week after week, I started to grow a little, a little more tired of, of the Andre Ward approach. Um, Freddie and, and Nazim Richardson as the other coach—I mean, those are two guys that, that you just have to love—and uh, I. Um, even though, even though Nazim couldn't win a fight for the first like six weeks of this thing, his Freddy's fighters beat him every time. I thought personality wise, both of them brought to the table exactly what you expected. And then there were the occasional surprise guests. Uh, they always had Sergio Morris sitting in the crowd during the fight right next to Andre Ward. And the two of them were sort of like the Statler and Waldorf, uh, dropping their the, There were no comment commentators on the fight. So you'd just hear the two of them occasionally say something. Uh, Evander Holyfield dropped by. Of course, Shane Mosley Sr. was there with Tito. What I have... <laughs> No Tito, no uh... monkey, but, uh, he did have who, what I guess is his current girlfriend. They never explained who she was, but she looks a little too old to be, uh, Junior's girlfriend. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing she's, uh, she's Shane Sr.'s, but those were some of the, uh, the el- elite superstars who, uh, came through the contender season five.
0: Any signs of Joey Gilbert or, uh, Jimmy Lang? Yeah. Yes, Joey Gilbert was
4: in one in the crowd at at least one of the fights. They would cut to a lot of the the season one guys they're I think they're pretending seasons two through four all didn't happen. um <laughs> there were only callbacks to season one, but Joey Gilbert was there. Alfonso Gomez was in the crowd a couple of times. um I don't think there was any manfredo, but his his name was definitely brought up yeah, what what
3: about, what about uh, the was, great uh, Anthony Bonsanto was he or was it, is it Bonsante
4: number one He's daddy. Bons- yeah, number exactly. one dad that's was right.
3: was his number one dad
4: hat at all part of this season. <laughs> that's what they that's what they were competing for two hundred fifty
0: thousand dollars and the number one dad
4: hat.
0: You know, I once met his kids, Bonsanti's kids. Here's what I told them:
2: We good friends. I love your daddy.
0: And it was it was true. I mean, he is the, <laughs> he is the number one daddy. Um, uh, so I've said it before. You've probably said it before. They gotta do before these guys get too hell washed. They're all hovering in the late thirties. I would assume. Can we do a season one reunion tournament, please? They, like the open weight, they're all like kind of around 154. I know Manfredo's probably busy putting the, uh, basketball floor together at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence in his day job, but can we get these guys back, Rask? Wouldn't you want to do not only a tournament, but a reunion season and actually put it on a network that people have maybe, or just put it live on YouTube, whatever? And, I mean, would, wouldn't you be down for seeing these Wash Guys almost like when the Surreal Life came out on VH1 and we got a chance to see, like, China and X-Pac and sit with, like, Todd Bridges? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I, I do. I watched one
4: season of that. The one with, uh, with Vern Troyer I caught. Um, R.I.P., buddy. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, you know, I haven't thought about this idea of a Contender Season 1 reunion tournament. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Sergio might be the only one who isn't retired from boxing at this point. I'd have to look through the whole list, but Ishe, there aren't many bro. of them. Ishe.
0: I think – oh, is he still fighting? Yes, he is. Well, not, I think oh. he's on the outs with Mayweather right now, but yes, he's
4: yeah. still fighting. And, and even, and even uh, Sergio is basically – he hasn't announced his retirement yet, but he might be done. Uh, he's, he doesn't have anything on tap. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's the the danger perspective of how many of these guys are 40 ish and just shouldn't be fighting at all. But I like the idea. I like the concept. I don't know how many of them could could all make the same weight anymore. Um, I'm, a, I'm at least down for a one episode reunion special. But if we can get a whole tournament going, uh, some washed contender action, I'm in.
0: You know how, very how Mora, I love Mora by the way, great dude. He's always still sore at Lampley for Lampley's negative yes, call of Mora Mosley, the draw on pay-per-view. Maybe, here's what, here's what I pitch, alright? Mora faces Mosley Jr. and put lamps on the call and then after mm. he wins he can like get in his face and do like the crotch chop and just like, it would exercise some demons, right?
4: I, I think that's a creative idea. I, I like that. Uh And honestly, Mora versus uh, Mosley Jr. is probably a pretty good fight right about now. That's, you know, uh, Adams beat Mosley Jr. about nine rounds to one or ten rounds to nothing. And I think he'd probably do the same against current Sergio Mora. Mosley Jr. versus Mora is not a bad matchup. You might be onto something there, Brian.
0: Was there any other fighters from this season that we should be watching, even if it's just in journeyman B-side roles on an upcoming ESPN Plus card?
4: Yes, I will give you I'll give you one guy that I had never heard of before this. uh Eric Walker, um, 35 years old, I believe um, he had done 14 years in jail uh, nice. for robbery and attempted murder, uh, rather unpleasant, uh, but uh, seems to be reformed as a person and is a really good boxer, got to the semifinals and lost to Brandon Adams and was probably the second best fighter in the tournament, just was on the wrong side of the draw. Um Really interesting story, really interesting person, and a good fighter. He's someone I'd watch out for who, again, there are no champions coming out of this probably, uh, maybe some belt holders because that's uh, not that hard to achieve, but uh, no elite guys. But in terms of contenders, guys who uh, could be a B-side to a top guy or a good gatekeeper on a, a Showtime uh, undercard fight, something like that. Uh, I think Eric Walker fits that mold. You guys are familiar with, uh, Ifkin Ketrov. Uh, he's solid. Yes. Uh, there were, you know, other boxino graduates like John Thompson, uh, was on it. But, um, I'd say, I'd say the big ones to come out of this who you could see really making some noise at close to the top level would be Brandon Adams and
0: Eric Walker. And quickly, any wives or girlfriends we should be on the lookout for? You know, the, uh, the, uh, Rachel Frotch Award. Anything? Anything? Rachel accordingly. Anything? um
4: i'm so washed that I, I i don't even notice that stuff anymore bc you know how it is uh, uh th- no nobody nobody caught my eye let's put that's it that the way there may have been some sixes and sevens <laughs> but there, there was no like miss jackson coming across your screen or anything wow sorry miss
0: jackson not even a little ryan garcia Yes, well, <laughs> what he did to you is... Yeah. I'm not, not sure how to respond it to that one. It down in the DMs. It does go down in the DMs. Raskin's too old for that. Um, Rask, great talking to you. RIP on the death of HBO. We have all loved your work on the HBO Boxing Podcast. Anything to tell us about that we can plug? Can we plug you? That's pretty gross. Anything we can plug <laughs> for you here?
4: You can plug me anytime, BC. Uh, but oh, the God. HBO Boxing Podcast... <laughs> <laughs> well, i was wondering what sound effect i was going to get there the hbo boxing podcast uh, obviously will not survive beyond this year but there are still some episodes to come uh including one last uh oral history style podcast that should be out in december uh so so that's uh that, that's coming and then uh i can't say anything too definitive about next year but i just would say that confidence is high that uh Kieran and I yes. are not done podcasting together. Uh,
0: Karen Mulvaney uh, ESPN heavy hitting boxing podcast. Yeah, that's not no, it's not
4: good. It's not <laughs> good. You turned him you turned him a little Russian. There's there a little no, I
3: think that was Lomachenko
0: talking about fighting a Thailand guy. I have a fight uh with a, a Thailand guy. Uh, yeah, is in <laughs> in one thirty five weight category. Yeah. Uh Rask, um best of luck to you in the future. I wanna see you uh uh you know make a big comeback uh, respect Box, respect athletes, tell your parents, all that good stuff. You need show, you need good show, call Eric Raskin. You know what I'm saying?
4: That's right. Thanks. Thanks, BC. I appreciate it. I think you'll be hearing from me again
1: soon.
0: Wow, wow. Rafe, do you want to say anything else to this guy before we let him go?
4: I
3: just want to thank him for, for all he's given us in his career. He's uh he's, If he goes back to being Eric, the non-bomber Raskin after this, it's okay with me.
0: <laughs> and Raskin is out. Alright, Rafe, uh my friend Raskeen is gone, and to close on this weekend, I'm sure you read or saw the photos or somebody slippered in your ear. Juan Ma and Gamboa both won their integrated sports pay-per-view bouts in Miami. Juan Ma by knockout, Gamboa by decision. Probably not much to say about that except for Wan Ma's beard. Not his punch resistance, because that's that's long gone. His beard looks pretty manly and pretty cool. Uh we're on a collision course for twenty nineteen. Some good quotes from both of them. Gamboa says if the fans want it; they will get it. Wanma saying, "This is why we did this. This is why we're here. Let's get it on. 2019. Are you feel? Are you fired up? It's finally happening. The marination station is ready. Rafe, come on, touch it, feel it. What do you got?
3: This is over marinated, man. I don't care anymore. I hate to oh, break it oh to my. you. I'm, I'm not gonna play along like this matters to Dude, me Juan anymore. Dude, Wanma can
0: so- win because Gamboa is kinda of washed too. I mean he got stopped by Robinson Castellanos. Sure.
3: Yeah, they're both I don't know who's gonna win it so it's a it's a fifty fifty fight to me because they you both don't know what you're gonna get each time they step in the ring and who's whose chin is more shot. I mean it it will be fun. But it's just hard for me to get up for it. This is, uh, this is, this has been marinated so long. It's just a nasty, stanky old
0: piece of beef jerky now. Maybe I'm just more than you. I'm treated on Yeah. I mean, look, this is, this is, you know, boxing pornography in a way. I, I care about this fight. Okay. I do care about it. Hey, Rafe, let's get into some news. Okay. I can't spend a long time on this because it happened six days ago and I hate it. But Floyd Mayweather pulled out of his damn risen fighting federation kickboxing MMA. I don't know what it was gonna be, Ray. If he claims it was supposed to be a exhibition in front of billionaires and a private audience, some people think he got, he got screwed and there was like mafia involved in the Japan press conference and he was afraid to tell them no. Other people think this was a big heist for Risen. And that fighter you're supposed to fight to get their names in the headlines. I personally am so happy it's over with. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. But what do you think really happened? Did we learn anything from this? Do you care? What do you got?
3: Oh, well, I think what really happened is that Floyd
0: jacked. No, he'll never. He'll never jack, Rafe. He'll he never. jacked out of this fight.
3: bomber, you game. Are you a He's a jack?
0: Yeah, I guess he is. Kind he of a jack. He backed He backed out. That's jacking. John Fury, where are you?
3: I'll never pack. I won't jack. I'll
2: be
1: there. Till I can't
0: um, can we end this this portion of Floyd's career? Make it stop. I'm done. Anyway, that's it. I'm not going to let you answer. Moving on. December first, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. The undercard is finally together. We know the pay per view portion will feature Luis Ortiz against Travis Kaufman, heavyweight Joe Joyce against somebody he should beat. And Jared oh, hands, Hurd against somebody he should beat. But the big news is that Showtime has loaded up a pre-show that's going to air on Showtime and on their uh social media cha- channel. So it's free. It's going to be a split-site free show that will feature Adonis Stevenson defending his light heavyweight title from Canada against – what's Vodick's first name? I'm, I'm uh, Alexander. Alexander Vodzik. Sasha. Trained, of course, by the great – the great teddy atlas who is back i am so fired up to be in person for that i like i just i am so like fi- we got firemen. i mean it's just it's it's just so damn good i mean like wow it is hot yes wow it is I, good wow it
1: is good
0: i'm, I'm excited <laughs> i'm i'm excited teddy you're right okay that but the news that's even bigger is that from la the main event of the free undercard pre show is Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. versus washed Alfredo and Gulo in a 168 sloppy Super Bowl. It's on! It happened! <laughs> Rafe, how feel are you? It's gonna be very, very sloppy. Look, I,
3: I, I do, the thing I like most about this is chavez coming back and still talking big he's tmz found him somewhere the other day put the cameras (laughs) on him and he's like yeah i want the canelo rematch it's got to happen at 168 it has to happen at my weight i thought chavez weight was 173 i
0: mean what's what what is is
3: chavez weight now he won Uh, the lineal
0: 173 in the rematch with vera right and then he yeah he lost the 172 to uh Funfara. right. Yeah. Did you notice, did you catch the end of that TMZ interview when he was like, oh. Wait, only for, only 160 for Floyd. Oh my God. So at first I did that like throw up in my mouth thing, but then <laughs> I started having a real, a real life moment and I go, Floyd's trying to fight a 20 year old featherweight cake boxer, right? Floyd versus Chavez at 160 might actually be something so damn sloppy that I might be in on it. Would you be in on that? Would you pay $30 for that?
3: I'd pay thirty dollars for that, of course. I, I I want that that is a that's a circus fight I can get behind.
0: Alright, alright, I'm down with that. Um yeah, he said at, Chavez said, at my weight, I know I can beat anybody. I'm focused and strong. And Gula will be first, but then I will pursue a belt at one sixty eight. I'm putting the division on notice. Chavez is back. Hey, shout out to Showtime, Rafe. It's a high competition era right now. And they just put Adonna Stevenson Vodzic, and a sloppy super bowl on their free pre show. That ain't bad, Rafe. That that ain't bad. That ain't bad that, that that ain't Birdo. It no, ain't Birdo. No, no, no. That ain't Klitschko. That ain't Birdo. But that also, Rafe, I mean that, that just that ain't bad.
1: He think I'm Klitschko. This ain't Klitschko. We know that, we know that. We know that.
0: Okay. Um Rafe to close on Wilder Fury. Fury's got abs. Did you see the photo we tweeted out this this morning that said one year later showed him and his team posing? He has abs. The flab is gone. He's off the soda.
3: Tyson Fury, one year later. Peace out from here. Take me out with the Vader. Um oh, wow. I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah, Last get ride. a little quick.
3: Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, yo, I I hope they're testing that man because that shit ain't natural. No, no, no test,
0: no test for this fight. Um, are you buying his claim that he makes in every interview when he says that Luis Ortiz was fifty eight years old, so the Wilder win isn't as impressive as we think? That he says he has proof that at the day before the fight, before Luis Ortiz lost to Wilder. He had such high blood pressure that he was, the doctor advised him to pull out of the fight, but Ortiz said, no, I need the money. I'm going to go through with it.
3: Do you buy it? Why would Tyson Fury know that boxing and be the source circle. behind that? How, There's a lot of is, rumors. He have like a, a, a secret in with Cuban
0: boxing. Is he, is he down there well, with Caribe? Real men tell the truth. I mean, that's how men roll.
1: That's how men deal. That's how men roll. He a man. Real
0: men tell the truth, Rafe. Okay. So it got the truth got around to him. Okay. Yeah, I guess you could put it that way. Uh,
3: Tyson Fury, look, I'm I'm interested in this fight. He got himself into great shape by hook or by crook and and it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys match up with each other. He's conning everyone because that's all he ever does. He's conning people all the time. Everything is a con. So I don't know what to believe. That's the whole point. You're never going to know what to believe with this man. Yeah, and that's how Irish he crew. wins.
0: Shout out to the Irish crew. We don't have time to play that sound. But we have to do time to play this greatest hit in the history of Tyson Fury sound.
4: I'll fight David Price any day of the week. You see you, former from Liverpool. It's personal between me. And I'm going to do you some serious sound, you big stiff idiot. Okay, all right. Thanks, thanks Tyson. we are live on Channel 5. All right. Go on, one more. Also – you're going to need 10 plumbers to do you when I've got finished
1: with you. Also, you are getting it for sure. Call me out. Call, call me any names and you are getting it. And you know your gay lover, Tony Bell. Oh. You know, okay, okay. No, 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 no. No, no, Come no, on, no. come on, This is Danny's, no, no. On, this is Danny's show. And
0: Wilder also gave a really creepy uh, sound bite that I feel like you need to hear.
1: You at night sleeping and dreaming about me. Know this. I don't know when it's going to come, but it's going and when it come, bam, baby,
0: tonight. You try- that was actually pillow talk they caught between him and uh <laughs> and Miss Louie Baggs, the the uh, Atlanta version. Um alright, let's get out of that and get into the uh, uh quick hitters on news to close. Uh, Richard Schaefer has a dream. No, this ain't MLK Junior, Rafe, but Richard Schaefer's dream is the Thriller in Manila 2. Don't air tete. Uh bro you couldn't even get American TV on the damn Cruiserweight classic um are you are you in on the head of ringstar promotions plan that um this would be a fantastic way to bring that fight to Manila. You're a you're a Manilan guy. I mean, you Bob Arum have hung around at that Philippine Grand Garden no. Hotel a few no, no, times. No, 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 I mean, I, if I only That's I not would... how I roll. No, I mean, yeah, well, I would... no, no. I've heard some things. Uh I, I don't have the button. You know what no, 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 it is. All right. No, no, it's
3: yeah, we know we know what Bob did at the <laughs> yeah. Philippine Garden Hotel. Look, the it would be a big fight there. It wouldn't be a huge event, uh but people would be excited for it. Nonito, you know, everyone remembers all the all the sort of his 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 great wins from two thousand six and seven till now. He's got a nice decade long run.
0: We have a new know. thriller in Manila, and his yeah. name is. If I catch you with those, I will
1: sing the lullaby
3: song.
0: Yeah, sorry, your boy's getting the lullaby song if they do this, in Manila. It's happening, Rafe. It, it.
3: I wouldn't. It could happen. I. In fact, I mean, I, but I would almost rather Nonito hear the lullaby song from Zulani Tete than <laughs> the 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 bells of death from Naoya uh, Inuye. Uh, <laughs>
0: Man, bang, bang.
3: Bang! See you later.
0: Left, right, good night. Um, Eris Lara pulled out of the WBC's Vada clean boxing program and gave no reason for doing so, so the WBC dropped the 35 or 6 year old from their rankings. He's supposed to be defending his secondary WBA bill. I have no reason why, I have no reason how he still has that belt, didn't he? to Jared Hurd against Brian Caetano, the unbeaten Argentinian in early in 2019. What does this news tell you? It doesn't tell me a damn thing. I don't know. No dope,
3: no dope there, or what? Does he, is Possibly, it... sure. Who? I. How do we keep track of any of this stuff? People get popped for this, that, and the other. Yeah, but this is pretty blatant.
0: He's like, you know, I mean, this is what remember what Angel said.
6: We did. Dope. We've been doing doping from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Also, I mean, <laughs> you know? yeah. Look, uh, it's not
3: good. It's he, he, if you didn't think he was on something before. Then now you have more reason to believe he's on something. Show me fighters who aren't on something. I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not I'm not going to try and track this and be self righteous about it anymore. It's just it's it's a dirty game, Brian.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, to close, um, HBO, the Eric Raskins employer, will have a final card. Rafe, we're going to talk to Bevall in a few minutes about his second to last card against Pascal. But December eighth, StubHub, the home of wars, Rafe will hold the last HBO card. No! Chocolatito will not be in the main event for his comeback. He'll be in the co-main event. Tom Loeffler has chose undisputed women's welterweight champion Cecilia Brakis to headline the last show in the 45-year history of HBO at the home of Brawls, the Hub Center. You've been known to sing the praises of women's boxing on the show. Your thoughts?
3: Um, I, man, this put me in a tough position. I, I'm here, I am boxed in. What do I say about this? How does one begin to understand what's going on? I don't know, man. This is terrible. I, like, in, if you want to get out of boxing, get out of boxing, but don't piss on its grave on the way out.
0: Like,
1: I normally don't do interview with women so the
0: left No, no, no. I'm not I'm not I'm not going in that direction. But like look, women's boxing's trying right now. I'm all in on Michaela Mayer. Michaela, sorry, Michaela Michaela. Michaela Mayer. I'm all in on uh Clarissa Shields. Breakus is fine, she's the pound for pound women's queen. She had her HBO close up. She got dropped. She she you know, she took the decision from Callie Reese. Hey HBO, this is your last card ever. Forty five years. There should be a three-hour like a going-away special leading up to it, and guess what? The main event should be a damn brawl, shouldn't it, Rafe?
3: Should be something. Should be. I mean, they would never do this under any th- these fights that are left over. Just sound, but seem how like is this those acceptable. We owe we owe something to a promoter before we can get out, and we're not going to try. There's no point in trying. There's no point in doing putting any money behind this. We're just. Going to do it and walk away. And I guess that contractually, maybe that's what they have to do, but it, it, it leaves a really ugly taste in, in fans' mouths. It tells you that
0: they spent about 10,000 on the whole card, right? Like, you can't do Chocolatito Estrada 2. Like, you can't do something that at least gives us a, oh, okay, this would be a fun way to go out.
3: I don't think they care.
0: I mean, do you think they care about what that guy said? No. No. I don't. They don't. All right. Hey, let's throw to our guest of the week. He's the unbeaten light heavyweight WBA title holder, Dimitri Bivol. Enjoy. All right, Dimitri, how are you, man? Hello, uh, I'm good. Good, thank you. It's great to get a chance to talk to you on the CBS Sports Boxing Podcast. Big fan of your work up to this point. And we got a fun fight coming up Saturday, November 24th. Atlantic City, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino on HBO against former champion Jean Pascal. That's a 10 p.m. Eastern start. I want to start right there with you, Dimitri. headlining HBO for any fighter coming up. How big is this milestone in your career?
5: Конечно, для меня это достижение. Это говорит о том, что я на правильном пути своей карьеры. Я очень рад, что у меня есть такой шанс выступить хедлайнером
6: шоу. Yes, of course. It's a big benchmark, big achievement for me because, uh, you know, this is a I'm, – I'm very happy that I can have this chance in my career to be fighting a main event of this type of show.
0: You know, so many fighters grew up watching big-name fighters ad- advance on HBO. It's a weird time for you getting this headlining chance – when the channel is about to go away from boxing after 45 years, is it bittersweet at all to finally get this moment at the end of the run after a long history?
5: Ну, это значит то, что канал все-таки видит во мне какой-то потенциал, да, видел. Для меня это действительно честь быть последним отбоксировать на таком историческом канале. Конечно, Ну это круто, я рад, я доволен своей командой, своей своей работой, то, что мне выпала такая честь. Конечно же, мне конечно же грустно, что уходит такой канал из бокса, но бывает, что вещи меняются в жизни. Нужно воспринимать это как
6: есть. HBO is a legendary channel, big big part of history of boxing, and it's you know I'm very happy that I got the chance to to uh, have my dream come true and, and fight a big main event against a big name opponent on HBO. At the same time, I'm very sad that such a channel is leaving. I'm, I'm They were a part of a big part of my career. And uh, for me, them giving me the opportunity to be one of the last fights on HBO really means a lot because that means they believe in me and they, they want me to be a part of that history. Uh, and I do believe that, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, in the future, um maybe i can get one more chance because uh, to, to fight on a, on a channel like this because i owe a lot to this channel and giving me this opportunity
0: yeah t- definitely totally understood and we thought you were going to be facing joe smith jr he of course switched gears he wants to challenge arthur Bieterbeev for another of the light heavyweight titles in december what was your reaction to his decision
5: Я был удивлён, что он так сделает, конечно. но это бокс, и люди бывают ищут все более выгодные предложения, так как это сделал. И поэтому я, я, я рад, что в итоге мне нашли соперника другого.
1: I was
6: a little surprised uh, that he did what he did, you know, and uh he kind of uh decided it's boxing, you know. Anything can happen. I'm just happy that everything works out, and I have a great fight in front of me.
0: Certainly, Pascal—a big name, always a fun fighter. At age 36, how much do you think he has left? How dangerous is he still for this fight, this opportunity in Atlantic City?
5: Uh, no, учитывая статистику, то он очень опасный, потому что когда ему было 28 лет, Дернарт Хопкинс своей he's an
6: ex champion he's very experienced he's always dangerous. Look, look at his record and you know Bernard Hopkins as an example fought uh, Pascal when Pascal was twenty eight and Hopkins was forty and he beat him um, so at and the end of the day um, you never know what you know what can happen.
0: Certainly. Look, this is a incredibly fun division right now at 175. Seeing some changes uh, right now, of course, we saw Sergei Kovalev get knocked out in, in a recent title fight against Elider Alvarez. How did you react to that? Because to a lot in the boxing world, it, it was a very sudden uh, sudden development to see Kovalev, who had been on top for so long, fall like that.
5: A lot of it was unexpected, of course, in such
6: a I I mean, I thought 90% he was going to win this fight, and I was surprised what happened in that fight.
0: Certainly. And, of course, they're going to have a rematch in 2019. Your division will also have a big fight on December 1st when Longtime king Adonis Stevenson takes on Vodzic, which would should really be a tough challenge for him. We saw Adonis come off a tough fight with Badu Jack. Who do you like in that fight when Adonis Stevenson on December 1st?
5: I would probably see
6: the Vodzic uh, having a, an advantage in that fight.
0: Very interesting. He's up and coming. He's got Teddy Atlas in his corner, of course. And and Dimitri, we're seeing you do all of this, right? Win a world title defended, and you only have 14 pro fights. We just saw Alexander Usyk in just 16 pro fights do big things. Lomachenko, etc. Do you see this as a new trend in boxing to maybe have a longer amateur career and be more ready when you turn pro to go right after the big names?
5: Ну это действительно сейчас такая тенденция стала, то что боксеры из постсоветского пространства начинают уходить в профессиональный бокс, а их любительский опыт позволяет быть э, позволяет быть на с лучшими бойцами в профессиональном боксе. Это, yes. это нормально. Does, И, знаете, like... мы, мы можем видеть такую тенденцию еще.
6: Причем it... с боксерами из э, востока. It's becoming uh, kind of like a trend, you're right, and it's becoming kind of like a norm now where fighters who have a deep amateur background are turning pro and moving quickly, and I think that will happen more and more often. I think with some fighters from the East, we we will see the same type of tendency in the near future.
0: Absolutely. Look, this is, uh, we mentioned one of the last fights for HBO, but this is a very important time for boxing, especially in America, with the broadcasting networks, with the rise of DAZN, ESPN Plus, there's a lot of money out there for everybody in the game. How good does it feel after this fight to know you've probably got a lot of people after you offering money for your services moving forward?
5: Конечно, у нас есть предложения от от ведущих, и мы будем рассматривать их, обдумывать команды после моего боя.
6: Yes, of course. There's a lot of perspective in in the near future, and we have a lot of offers coming in for what will happen after this fight. Um, Right now, I'm focused on November 24th, and after that, we will sit down with my team and discuss all offers and make a decision on which way we will go.
0: Love it. I love that idea. I mean, Canelo, he's a rich man right now. There's a lot of money out there. I'm sure you know all about that, but... We've seen a good mix from you, Dimitri, of boxing, of punching power. You're a patient guy, but when you go to deliver the boom, you can finish guys. What type of fight are we expecting here against John Pascal and that balance between boxing and punching?
5: I think in this fight, боксеров. И Жан Паскаль это тот боец, который тоже дает бой, да, который может подраться, который хорошо проводит свои контратаки. И мне это нравится. С таким бойцом можно сделать хороший бой. Этот бой может менять свой свой тактический рисунок, то есть из
6: раунда в раунд. То есть, тяжело
5: сказать, то будет идти вперед, то назад.
6: Um, you know, I'm excited about this fight because Jean Pascal likes to fight. He's pretty aggressive, and uh, I think it's the type of fight where um, uh, the picture of the fight can change. You know, it, it can become, it can go from aggressive to defensive puncher to, and, and it can go uh, the other way around. But the most thing, the most important thing is that Pascal comes to fight, and he's exciting. And that makes me want, you know, be very excited about this fight because I think it will be a very action type fight. There's, there's gonna be a lot of action and a lot of aggression. Well,
0: sign me up for that. Very excited. Now, Dimitri, for a lot of the guys coming from Eastern Europe, sometimes the language barrier when you get to the US means fans, it takes them a time to get to know you. It's not as easy to know your true personality, your interests outside the ring. Outside of what you do as a boxer, what do you hope hoping American fans can learn about you moving forward? Tell me about Dmitry Bivol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, не
5: такой образ жизни у меня, как у Бронера там или у Майвезера. Uh, у меня есть семья, двое детей, и я очень много времени провожу с ними, когда я бываю дома. Uh, конечно, я, как обычный человек, uh, люблю встретиться с друзьями, посидеть, посмеяться куда-нибудь. Ездить, кино, футбол, you
6: know, I can't, I can't give too many exciting things out. Like, you know, I'm not like some of these other fighters, like you know, Adrian Broner or other fighters. I'm, I'm more of a family man. I have two uh, uh boys that I really love, and and they're very important for me in my life and my family. And uh, I like to spend a lot of time with them and see them grow up, uh, especially when I'm not in training camp outside you know outside of the family and uh, you know but at the same time i'm just a regular guy just like everybody else i like to hang out with friends have a good laugh you know play some soccer sometimes go to the movies you know i i enjoy the regular things i just enjoy my life and uh, i love my family
0: i love that i love that a true family man i can definitely relate to that and get behind that for sure and i know you're focused rightfully on john pascal but I'm sure one day you envision, as everyone keeps fighting each other, right? We're going to see Adonis against Vodzic. We're going to see Kovalev and Alvarez again. Who's going to be the last light heavyweight champion standing for you to face if you keep winning? Who do you want? What's that big fight at 175 that gets you fired up?
5: Oh, what a it's
6: a good question it's so hard to predict you know a lot of these guys are very good fighters, and it's hard to say who the best is right now um, right now, what excites me and what, what I want to know is who's going to be the first who's going to be the first to unify with that, that's what that's what's interesting for me and you know i'm I'm excited about any of them.
0: I'm with you on that. Uh do we have a nickname? I don't see a nickname on the record. What's Dmitry Bival's fighting nickname? What do we got here? The Russian hammer? What are we gonna call this guy? No, 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 Russian, no
5: Russian
6: hammer. No. Is busy. It's taken. Russian hammer is taken.
0: Who's that? Is that Lebedev? Who who's the Russian hammer? Oh no, that's the so other guy. That's Gossiev, right? Or am I all? Kudryosh, wait Kudryosh, up here.
5: Kudryosh. Kudrychov.
0: Oh, Kudrushov, yes, from the Cruiserweights. Yes. All right. Well Dmitri, what are we what should we call you on this podcast? What are we gonna what's what's my man's name here? What do we got?
5: Dmitry
6: Bivol, yeah, <laughs> just Dimitri Bivol.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, I'll take it if I have to. <laughs> hey, Dmitri, great talking to you. Great getting to know you a bit. Vadim Kornilov, your manager, appreciate the translation. The fans can check Thank out you, the man. fight November twenty fourth. Atlantic City, HBO, 10 p.m. Eastern, against former champ John Pascal. Thanks for joining me, brother. Best of luck to you in a very fun division. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Rave, special thanks to B-Val. Is he going to take Pascal's soul? Yeah, that's another – that's
3: another – Questionable matchup on the way out of the door for HBO Boxing. I, I, Pascal has not looked good against high level fighters in recent years. I mean, those were scary losses to Sergey Kovalev. Could be scary again against, uh, against Dmitry Bivol, and I hope that Nothing bad happens and that he makes a good payday and can retire happily sometime soon thereafter.
0: All right. That was very fair and, and diplomatic for me. I like that. Hey, let's go into weekend preview. Do you care, Rafe? My favorite part of the show. Are you ready? Are you fired up? I'm fired up. I'm getting my field spots activated. I'm ready to care. All right. It begins Friday night from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. ESPN, Maurice Hooker versus Alex Saucedo. We talked to the, to the saw, the big sauce. Cholo, last week on this show, for Hooker's WBO Junior welterweight title, I saw Dan Rayfield tweet out that it's going to be a one-fight card on ESPN beginning at midnight, but you can catch the undercard on plus. Your thoughts, brother. Do you care? Hooker Saucedo. Oh,
3: heck yeah, I care. Good fight. Not, not not great. I don't know how high I am on either of these guys in the overall 140-pound picture. If I see them up there with the Josh Taylors and the Regis Prograys up there, maybe not. But heck these guy it's a fun fight it'll be a fun fight Sauceito really really has made great TV fights so far and there's a good chance that he'll be able to drag hooker into something something a little dirty if you know what I mean yeah, you know, it could support. be a, a and i'm 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 all there for it I care
0: wow you're there for dirty yeah okay uh yeah it should be a fun fight I want to see if sausito can be this I don't want to put the pressure on him of next generation Arturo gatti but if he can keep being a fun action fighter who's gonna go after it look We're coming off the Mayweather era. The new era should be back to what boxing felt like in the 80s. You know what that was? Fights on regular TV with guys who have balls. Right?
3: They fight like a tough, tough gangster.
0: Never screwed so many women in my life. The co-main event that you can watch on ESPN Plus. Mean Machine! Agenis Kavaluskis, Kavalskas! Kavauskis, my Lithuanian brethren! Versus Roberto Ariaza in a WBO welterweight title eliminator. The hook here, Rafe. Is that the mean machine's gonna have to be served up to Bud eventually because this just in, there are no welterweights under the top rank <laughs> banner. We love you, corner man. My broski, get some welterweights. Oh yeah, call me back and tell me. It's for day whoever gonna be a guy again. He won this weekend, by the way. He's back. He's back. Anyway, mean machine. You in on this fight?
3: No, no, no. I don't care. All right.
0: Philadelphia Friday night on Showtime. Showbox the new generation jaron ennis versus raymond serrano 10 rounds welterweights
3: i don't care about his career i don't care about his people i don't care about his life i don't care
0: wow that is harsh that is you know wow
1: stop that crap
0: stop it uh oh yeah we got it we got it uh ontario california you can watch this live on thompsonboxing.com rafe in your backyard just saying okay michael Dutchover versus Dallas Prescott, eight rounds junior lightweights. Is he related to Bradis Prescott, the original con killer? That
3: was my question. I and I don't know the answer to it, but I'm gonna just go ahead and believe that he is, especially if he's from Colombia. Um, you don't care, right? I don't care.
0: I still uh, don't care. Well, it's, it's fair, it's very fair. Uh Friday from Kissimmee, Florida on Telemundo. Jonathan Gonzalez versus Juan Elejo, Ten rounds flyweights. Now which Jonathan Gonzalez is this again? I don't know, but if it's the guy who came in nine pounds overweight
3: <laughs> to fight Sergeys in Zurich <laughs> he ain't making on the Triple G Fruxa <laughs> undercard with the terrible lips tattoo, then I care.
0: He ain't making flyweight. I don't know if I know this guy, so I don't care. I know there's other people out there like, I thought you're supposed to be a boxing guy. Well, I got a lot going on these days, all right? I care about this one. The Atlantic City Special, Friday night. Thomas Cornflake LaMana. Eight yeah. rounds welterweights against... How about this blast from the past? Mighty Mike Arnaudis. Arnudis. Arnu- you remember that, Broski? He fought everybody. Yeah, yeah, he got sent to hell by many a contender <laughs> at 147. <laughs> I remember. He was like, he fought for a title at one point, and then it was like, fought Victor Ortiz, got sent to hell. Fought, fought Danny Burdo, Garcia got, got sent to sent hell. To hell. Uh, uh, you care about this one? This would be interesting, right?
3: I care about all things cornflakes. I Corn Flake is a fun little guy. I, I want to see him on TV again someday. Uh,
0: Arnouettis is 39, the, the Greek, the Grecian. He's 26, 11, and 2. Um, he's coming off a loss to that unbeaten guy, Jaron Ennis, who will be in the main event of Showbox, but he had a stretch of losses that was impressive against the likes of Delvin Rodriguez, Demetrius Hopkins, Danny Garcia, Tim Coleman, Vio, Chris Algeri, Josecito Lopez. This guy wants to have stories. He lost to everybody. Kendall Holt, Ricardo Torres. Rafe, he lost to everybody. Juan Urongo, he took to a draw. You got anything else to say about this guy?
3: That's an impressive uh, loss ledger it, it connects him to many generations of great 140 pounders he's I mean think about day, the uh, Ricardo Torres brings him all the way back to the, the greatest days of Miguel Cotto
0: he's a modern day Kevin Bacon remember when Bacon showed his dong and wild uh, things we don't we don't talk
1: about no, that
3: a lot because even worse even worse was that that part in the Hollow Man where you uh, get like the invisible dong under like the outline under the the uh, the uh, the sheet no, He no, was wearing, no. oh it was just or brutal sleepers brutal when he brutal. did the
0: things to those kids you remember sleepers? I, mean, <laughs> I do you know part of that Stop movie that was crap. shot in my hometown? Yeah, it really was. It really was. Of course it was. I love you. I make you a big all, right, t- all right, All right, uh, Tony, Tommy, t- Teddy. Um, Rafe, Saturday night, Mulvane, Kansas. Get in the zone, brother. Jarrell, Big Baby Miller against Bogdan Dinu, 12 rounds heavyweights. The, the zone's trying to make Big Baby a thing, bro, maybe to serve him up to AJ a- a- one time. Do you care?
3: Or maybe to serve him up to Usyk sometime. Oh, um wow. I don't really care. I don't, who is Bogdan Dinu? Where did they find I, this man? I can't be
0: bothered to look up his box wreck, but I will be watching it. Big Dazone fan. Thank you. Um Rafe, the co I do care about because there's some washed on crime. There's some B-side brother, Ozzy Canseco, Jose Miguel Coto moments here when Brandon Bam Bam Rios at junior, well, middleweight. The fact that he's at junior middleweight kinda of makes, like, part of your soul die. <laughs> against Ramon Alvarez! You know the family, you know the bloodline of this guy, Rafe. You love these people! I love me some Saul so Canelo Alvarez. This ain't Canelo, bro! This ain't Berto! This is Ramon, this ain't even Rigoberto. This is Ramon Alvarez, do you care? Can Rios win this? Can we prop him back up to fight somebody onto zone?
3: I do care. I do think Rios can win because we've seen this Alvarez. He's pretty garbage. And – and I care because this is the price tag to get Canelo on the zone. You gotta put the family on. You gotta make some, <laughs> some, some fights
0: for the brothers. And they're, they're doing it. So let's, I, I'm, I care. They asked Danny Jacobs his thought on the Alvarez family. i
1: stopped Canelo. i, I Canelo
0: up. I, I still believe that. I still believe that, Rafe. Um, alright. not touching C's, man. He's not touching C's. On that Kansas undercard, Clarissa Shields was supposed to be fighting Christina Hammer for a women's fight I did care about to unify all the 160 belts on Showtime. Hammer pulled out with an injury. They're going to do that early next year. Somehow Clarissa was allowed a one-off by Showtime to go to Dazone. She's going to take on Hannah Rankin defending her IBF and WBA middleweight titles and fighting for the vacant WBC. Do you care?
3: Nah, I, I'm not even going to pretend right now. I don't care. Oh man.
0: Oh man. I like Clarissa Shield. She, so here's the thing. She bangs. The, the fights are, 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 they, they're fighting. They fight, Rafe.
3: Yeah, you know, I think it's un- a little unfair of me I hold against her the time she defended on An- uh, Andre Derrell's uncle for oh, like sucker punching Jose Uzcategui after that moment- fight.
1: Oh, wow. What? Oh, My <laughs> My gosh. That's inappropriate to say to me- Oh,
0: wow, brother, that's assault. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. But that's on Flint, Flint crime right there. Come on. And it's guys.
3: also just it's, it's it's one incident. You know, people make mistakes. I've seen mistakes. you protect Max. Uh, I, I got to get back on 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 the Clarissa Shields train.
0: I've seen you protect Max Kellerman because you guys went to the same high school. I've seen it. All right.
3: Yeah, it. I'm to the. De- I will never back. I will not jack <laughs> off of off ah. of protecting Max. All right. Who who's the most famous alumni from your high school?
0: Oh man, uh, there's a lot. Uh What was your high school again? Like the Academy of the Fine Arts of New York?
3: No, no, no. It was Hunter College High School. It's one of these, like, you know, you test in with the gifted program and very, you know. Uh, Elena Kagan on the Supreme Court went to the high school. Um, so did Ron Brown, the, the former, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, associate. Nice. Uh, so did, uh, uh, Martin Shkreli, the, the much hated financier who's now in
0: jail. Well, oh, so you did had a Lynn, lot of crooks from that school. Lynn
3: Young. Actually, I'll give you right here. Young MC went to
1: my high nice. school. Nice. I yeah.
0: would bust a move with that. That's right. My high school's got, um, some guy from the NFL Hall of Fame in the twenties, Dick Tucky. Frank Speck right. Shea, former Yankees pitching World Series hero in the 40s. you know, nothing. Michael Bergen from Baywatch Nights. Nothing.
1: <laughs> Still no,
0: nothing. No? Okay. Nada. Nada. I got nada. I don't care about his family. All right. Uh On this to zone undercard, Gabe Rosado, friend of the program against Luis Arias, Cuba. Luis Arias, who you once saw lose to uh, Andre Ward, 10 rounds middleweights. Not a bad scrap, right? Not bad. Don't really care. I mean, there's enough other boxing to watch. All right. Former Olympian Nico Hernandez, which was the reason this card got moved from Atlantic City to Mulvane, Kansas at the last minute. You don't care about him versus TBA? (laughs) 10 round flyweight. I don't,
3: I don't really care, but they're making a big deal out of this kid. I feel like I should take a look and see if he's
0: something, you know, if he looks like he's got some real, real special you talent. You better mean that. Don't tinkle the finkle. Um, Saturday, Mexicali, Mexico, B in sports, Español, Diego de la Hoya versus Eddickson Perez, 10 rounds junior featherweights. The hook is that this is Diego, cousin of Oscar's first fight in his native Mexico. Do you care?
3: No, I don't. I think he's a pretty good fighter. We've seen him look good on a few occasions against decent fighters. I don't know who this guy he's fighting is, and I don't care what that – good for him. Enjoy the the the, the homecoming fight.
0: Make your next fight. I don't care where it's at. Make it something worth watching. All right. To close on Do You Care, from Gepingen, Germany – I just butchered that – from the the, the land of of Deutsch. Deutschland? Deutschland. 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 Farah Arsland. Remember that cruiserweight? Didn't he once? I, I thought he beat Marco Hook that time and they jobbed him, remember? Hook uh, got himself a, a, a handful of,
3: of razor thin decisions there in Germany.
0: Yes, yes, very Felix Sturm-like, very Sven like very, yes. Firat Arslan, who's like 50, versus Surfin Safari! Sefer Safari is back! 12 <laughs> rounds cruiserweights!
3: I do stuff that people don't do. In boxing, when have you ever seen two men face-to-face before they fight and the other man kiss him on the lips? Yes,
0: only when Surf and Safari faces Tyson Fury. Your thoughts, do you care? I, You know what? I care because
3: I want to see Surf and Safari win and and somehow legitimize that Fury win. Maybe like, hey, this Safari guy is pretty tough. Fury made him <laughs> look like nothing. I'm, I'm starting to believe in this Wilder fight.
0: Yes. Um, that'll do it for the show this week. Special thank to a, a gluttony of guests, Dimitri Bival. Eric Raskin, Dan Canobio of Compubox? I'm, I challenge you to rank them right now. Rank all in three. Dan
3: Canobio, Eric Raskin, and Dimitri Bivol.
0: Dan Canobio was feeling it. You know, he had a good subject matter to deal with. I think that was the thing. Eric Raskin's always a good time, right? In or outside of the ring, in or outside A pro's pro. I mean, he, he, he doesn't he, he
3: never player. he does not jack. He it's comes with wash, the good though. stuff.
0: A little washy that guy, right? Old balls old balls a little bit um hits like a train That guy hits like a train and every single punch is like a train yeah that well said um Rafe anything else to sell to the people on the way out here your your newsletters kind of back kind of back Kind hey, I, I'm gonna, I'm giving
3: it, I'm giving it the old college try, the Respect Box newsletter. You can subscribe to that on my Twitter. Uh-huh. And we're still selling this basketball book. The holiday season yes. is cranking up. So if you are a basketball fan, want a big old basketball book to give to your daddy who you love, yes. uh, and then get it on with, uh, then I would suggest Basketball a Love Story by Jackie McMullen, Dan Clores, and myself. It's this big oral history with a lot of, a lot of good
0: stories about the game. Great stocking stuffer idea from the lip to the the cup Floyd there's a
2: long way from the lip to the cup i'm sure he don't understand what that means i still
0: don't get that anyway rafe uh people buy his books follow us wherever we are and rafe closing as always with with a message to the people
3: we out